exciting that's gonna be such a cool song i'm so pumped about it i just want to have all the time in the world so i can uh finish it up i just had this new concept for a new song for the sci-fi album it's called moisture farm (laughs) it's all about a young angsty luke skywalker on tatooine moisture farming wishing he was off in the galaxy having adventures and you know what? You know what? I'll read some of the lyrics for you because I've been working on the lyrics. Uh, I was down. Uh, you, you all remember my old apartment where I had this flood, my old apartment. Well, they finally finished the work on it. I had to go sit in it to see how it smells. I know that sounds like a weird thing to spend your evening doing, but I'm so allergic to everything. I can't just, you know, move back into the apartment unless I'm sure that like there's not any construction smell- smells or or like mold or anything that grew down there, you know, because of the water damage. I mean, the guys did a really good job cleaning it up. But I went down there and I sat on the floor for like two hours and played the mini log. And uh, I came up with this really cool sound and started playing this lead line. And then I'm like, yeah, that could be a cool thing to turn into a song. And the next morning I was walking out the door on my way to work. And that, that lead line was playing in my head. And then poof, this whole song just popped into my head. I don't even know how it happened, but uh, the concept of singing about a moisture farmer on Tatooine and then like a melody and a lyrical idea, it all just popped into my head at once and it was such an exciting moment. Those are the moments that I wait for. When that happens, then I know that the song is worth pursuing because I have a lot of songs that I've written that I haven't started recording yet that uh, were written in various ways, but 
if they don't have that moment, that poof moment, then I just kind of feel like maybe they're not the songs to pursue. You know, maybe in the future, if I don't have, if I have a lot of time and I don't have uh, like a backlog of songs that I need to record. But yeah, anyway, so here's some of the lyrics I've been working on for Moisture Farm. I watch the setting sun from my moisture farm. I watch the second one and dream of warring stars. I sow these desert fields, my evaporators hum. To reap a salient yield, I've honed the bluest thumb. But someday I will be someone. That'll give you an idea of where I'm heading with that. It's going to be kind of like a chill, down-tempo, synthy jam and all about Tatooine. Ah, I can't wait to record it. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I really want to record Cold Dead World. I might just force myself to do that next. I've been kind of putting it off because it's such a heavy song. And, you know, it's been a heavy winter. There hasn't been that much sunshine up here in Seattle. But things are turning around a little bit. It's it's a little... uh, it's a little more relaxing and things are kind of getting back onto an even keel. Uh, I went through this whole apartment drama where I got moved out into this apartment upstairs. I'll finish that story. Uh, I went downstairs and sat for two hours and I did get a migraine from the, the construction materials because I'm just so sensitive to like VOCs and all that kind of stuff. So I spoke to uh, the manager of this building. I spoke to my manager at work because it's the same company. Um, I get a rent discount here. That's why I live here. It's amazing. I live right on Capitol Hill with a rent discount. It's fucking awesome. That's why, that's why I lease apartments four days a week is so I can afford to live in a neighborhood I love. Uh, and I, so I talked to all these people. It went up to my regional manager and they approved for me to stay in the apartment that I got moved to at the same rate of my old apartment. And this apartment's four floors higher. It's a little bit bigger. So they're really taking care of me. Uh, so I've been waiting for three, over three months now to move back to my old apartment and, uh, I'm home already. (laughs) I'm already here. I don't have to move again, which is really nice. So I'm going to unpack. I've been living out of boxes for three months. It's all been kind of stressful, but it's over. So now I can just make this home my own. The only reason I really wanted to move back downstairs was that I've been having all these audio issues up here. And as you know, I did fix it with, uh, with some ferrites, which are this metal that rejects radio frequency. But when I do a panel, it's really hard to get it all out. So I've been having a little bit of audio interference. It's kind of more staticky than like the voices that we heard back in episodes like 26 and 27. Uh, but I'm going to just order some more ferrites. And, you know, I, I did some reading this morning. It seems like I can get even more uh, RF rejection so I can get the sound quality even cleaner up here for those panel discussions. Speaking of panel discussions, that's what I have for you today, the second half of the TNG Season 3 panel. Thank you so much to Ian, Audrey, and Kayla for joining me for this super long discussion. This is going to be another long episode just because I want to give you all the rest of the TNG Season 3 stuff today. And then I have something really fun coming up next time. So I want to, um, I won't tell you about it. It'll be a surprise. Something else super exciting is happening. I've written a piece for a post-apocalyptic science fiction blog. It's run by Evan C., who is at From the Wastes on Twitter. He's come up a lot on this show. He's a huge supporter of the show, and uh, he's brought so many people to the show. It's really kind of incredible. He and I connected on Twitter because uh, I was looking for people who hashtag sci-fi just to, just to chat, because that's what I like to do on Twitter. Uh, and he and I struck up a really great conversation, and we chat all the time. Uh, not just on Twitter, but also in private messages. And he's just such such an interesting guy, such a cool guy. And he runs this great blog called From the Wastes, which you can find at fromthewastes11811.wordpress.com or just check him out on Twitter at From the Wastes. 
if you're into post-apocalyptic stuff, if you're interested in the wasteland, then this is your guy. He has some really cool content on the blog, and he's always posting up cool shit on Twitter. He's one of my favorite people to follow, and if you don't follow him, now is the time. Uh, so go check him out. And then coming up, I think within the next week, my blog will be up on his website. It's all about... Um, the creation of the sci-fi project. It's about um, going through a really tough time in my life where I had some really difficult health problems. I've touched on that a little bit on this podcast. But what I haven't really talked about is the fact that the sci-fi project in its entirety was born out of this really horrible time in my life where uh, things were just going incredibly poorly. My health was falling apart. I wasn't really sure if it was ever going to come back. And I wanted to make some music to make myself feel better, and the thing that I did was write Time Child. Uh, write a song about, you know, traveling through time and uh, science fiction, you know, bringing in my passion for science fiction into my passion for music, and that kind of melded into a different sonic style than anything I'd ever done before. Uh, so yeah, that's what this blog is about. It'll give you a little bit of the backstory about me and about this podcast that you're listening to. And I think you might find it interesting if you, if you find this podcast interesting, which you hopefully do because you're listening to it right now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so check out From the Wastes and check out that blog post. It's coming soon. Alrighty, here we go. We're getting into TNG season three. We're starting with one of my all-time favorite episodes of the whole series, The Defector. All right, Captain, take us away. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyagers of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Next up, we have the Defector. Which is in my top five all-time yeah. TNG episodes. This episode is incredibly close to my heart. Wow. I just like adore it so much. I, it's, I think this, I I think this is the first time that the show reaches its potential. Like I think this episode is as good as anything they'll ever put out, and they it's firing on all cylinders. It uses every aspect of what makes the show great. It puts it all into one episode, and it all works, and it's all wonderful. And surprise, written by Ronald D. Moore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's so tragic. So tragic. It's so tragic. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like we seldom get to see, like, real tragedy. Like, it's so Like, something with no answer at the end, you know? Right. Like, that's it, you know? Yeah. We have a Romulan defector who uh, we question the whole time whether or not he's feeding us real information. But by the end of the episode, find out he is feeding us real information. As but as his knows. information is... All false because the Romulans were testing him, and once he finds this out, he kills himself. Mm -hmm. Holy shit! I mean, yeah, it's, that's it's yeah. not a lie if you believe it's true. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, the suicide at the end is just so heartbreaking and harrowing. It's like, you know, you actually feel for a Romulan for once. It's like really weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He left that letter behind for mm -hmm. his like for his wife daughter, or kid, and knowing that he's they're probably never going to be able to see it. But he's yeah, like, yeah. you know, just well, on he the knew off he was chance. never going to see them again either. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to this actor who is so good in this role. What I, I forget yeah, his name. I, he, he looked familiar. He's in James an episode Slowland. of Voyager. What's his name? James Slowland. Is it Aladar Jarok? Yeah, Admiral Jarok, yeah. Yeah. So his name is James Sloyan. They put him in an episode of Voyager, and it was an incredibly similar episode, and it felt like they were kind of trying to pull on the same sort of heartstrings. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. It was just like it kind of lacked punch to me because this had already been done. Right. Uh, but anyway, so 
yeah, he's a really compelling character. This is the first time where Romulans make sense. It's like, uh, it's like for me arguing with a Republican and they make a lot of really good points. And I'm like, I understand your point of view now. You know, I don't believe in it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. And you're a rational person who has rational beliefs. Like Admiral Jarok explaining like why humans, what he thinks about humans and why he doesn't like them. Yeah. It makes sense, you know, like he makes some good points and he like talks down to humans uh, and he has this sort of superiority, but he is like an intelligent, uh, rational person. Uh, and it's just like, it's written so well, it toes and, the and line. Compassionate, like yeah. he's, he's a he's a person who wants to minimize suffering. Yeah. I mean, that's the entire reason he's there. Yeah, and he's the kind of character where I feel like if he'd spent a few years on the Enterprise, he would have become a member of the crew because it's a place that like accepts rational people no matter where they're from. And even if you have to get over a bias to get there. Unless you're Worf. Yeah. Then you just want to kill everything. <laughs> yeah, he's completely yeah. irrational. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved for him to stick around and he and Worf become friends and just kind of oh, get over their own biases. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It'd be a cool uh, spinoff, though. Yeah. The odd couple in yeah. space. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had a theory that this would be a good episode to introduce someone to Next Generation with because I feel like it has everything mm. and it doesn't really spoil anything. But uh, I tried this. I tried this on my friend Jean, who's been on the show before, and she had a huge question for me that was like, wow, this episode doesn't answer that. And it makes it not a good one to start with. And that question was, what the fuck is the neutral zone? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. they really don't ever explain it. Like next well, generation they do in balance of terror, but they do in balance of terror. Exactly. <laughs> next generation. never explains the yeah, neutral zone. Never. They don't explain it again until deep space nine yeah. where they actually like, uh, they have like a chart with like the demilitarized zone and the neutral, the neutral zone. You get to see the zones, like drawn and it makes sense all of a sudden it's like oh the neutral zone it's between romulan space and federation space it's neutral space that neither of us cross into because we need a buffer because we hate each other so much yeah. <laughs> uh, korea i don't know politics or world stuff no. i don't know what's going on do they have a demil demilitarized zone between the two yeah oh. after the korean war it's how it ended even though technically it hasn't ended that seems like an important thing that yeah. humans know that yeah. i don't or Berlin, too. You can kind of relate it to that. But the there wasn't wall. much of a buffer between that. It was just, <laughs> just the wall. It was just yeah. the one wall. Yeah, yeah. There, was no, yeah. yeah there was just the one. A couple the thickness of, of the wall is the neutral zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I don't know how I feel if this would be a good one to introduce someone to the show on or not. Yeah. I don't I know. I think it's a little heavy. I think that showing someone a heavy episode, an episode that, like, really, truly touches you. To me, I'm like, I want to watch the rest of that show. And if I watch the stuff in seasons one and two that's a little, like, goofy, right. I'll know that it's going in this direction where it's actually going to be, shit gets real, and, like, it will be worth watching. I worry that if I ask someone to start from season one, then they're just going to be like, oh, I didn't quite get into it. It was a little mm -hmm. goofy. Yeah. Uh, I want to sell them on the show and then send them back to season one and have them watch in order from there. And I feel like this episode would sell me. I think that that's a good idea to like start somebody off not on season one because it was a little tough for me to get through. But I also now have a better understanding of like the history behind like the Romulans and the right. rest and the Federation. Um, so like I feel like that might be lost on somebody. Yeah. Bit, or not impact them as what. hard. But right. at the same time, that's like a really crazy, like tragic Shakespearean thing to happen. So maybe it's right. I'm just saying like Yeah, I know that's a super good point. And yeah. I wonder I wonder if it would detract from I feel like the episode is so good that it might not matter that you still might get that like, yeah. pow like moment of emotion out of it. Yeah. Right. And speaking of the neutral zone, the the inviolable place, 
that neither party can really cross and crosses all the time, <laughs> yeah. as I've mentioned before. Um, how on earth did the Enterprise have like a record of these this place on Romulus that they could just like here? Let's show you your old home. Mm. Like, how did they right. get that? I was wondering about that too. Like, because they can't go there. They You're can't right. Go there, and there's like a lot of stuff that he's like, I don't know. We don't have that information because you guys are so mysterious to us. Like, that's right. always happening. And for some reason, Data's just like, oh, but we do have like this incomplete topographical like right. yeah <laughs> record of where hiking you over there all the time. Yeah, <laughs> we got to have uh, surveillance drones that Section Thirty One is flying out there to yeah. <laughs> to see what's a, going on episode like season six where uh beverly uh and picard and who else goes with them were they on the black ops mission oh um, yeah chain of command, command yeah. yeah oh my god so good so they have yeah. they have information about that plan there and then he complains like this information is from two years ago can i get an updated map <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time i love that scene mm -hmm. yeah that's when he decides, he's like, tell Captain Picard that Admiral Jarok wants to see him. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I keep calling him Admiral Jarok. I don't think he's an admiral. His name is Aladar Jarok. Aladar Jarok. But isn't he an admiral also? I thought he, he said admiral several yeah. times. I think he's Admiral Aladar Jarok. I think oh, he's, okay. he can be both. <laughs> don't put him in a box, man. <laughs> oh, right. You're right. He is an admiral. Yeah. My bad. Uh, next up we have well that's good keep correcting me because I was wrong before for sure uh, next up we have The Hunted this is the one we were talking about earlier where you have that that uh, hot man locked up who gets out of the Federation jail and James Cromwell on the planet oh yeah yeah James Cromwell's first Star Trek appearance of many uh, James Cromwell is kind of like Star Trek royalty these days you okay. know because he's he's only been there I think three or four times well four times if you count the the clip in Enterprise. Right. Well, I just learned that the guy that plays um, Dinar, the main character of this, was also the voice of Michigan J. Frog from the WB Network. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> That's I love that the guy. weirdest thing ever. <laughs> Mind blowing. Hello, right. yeah. hello, my baby. Hello, my ragtime <laughs> gal. That's him? He's singing yeah. that? Oh, my From God. From 95 to present. Whoa. <laughs> this is a good episode. This brings up a lot of uh, interesting issues of genetic engineering that we've you know talked about with like Khan, Noonie, like and eugenics. Singh. And, yeah. yeah, eugenics wars. Yeah. Uh, touching on that and... You know, you make the perfect killing machine, and then what do you do with them when there's no one right. else to kill? It also questions the prime directive, and then like flip flops with that, like, oh, you don't want to send fear. Now you do want to send fear. Now we're not going to, and like, like this balance of power, and like always doing what's right in their hearts. Yeah, and yeah. it's interesting that the end, the answer is just walk away. Yeah, yeah. at the end, he was like, oh, this is what you want. You wanted us to leave, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they just walk Good away and with that. leave the problem for someone else. Yeah. Uh, but it isn't their jurisdiction. It's uh, it's so interesting when the show like does something like that, where it kind of seems like the wrong thing to do from like a traditional moral standpoint. But through the lens of the prime directive, it's the right thing to do. And the prime directive, you know, is there for incredibly good reasons to stop people from meddling in things that they Influence, shouldn't be yeah. a part of. Right. Like Stargate. No one, they, they stay and fight till it's over, you know, oh, man. and yeah. and they cause so many problems. And they destroy so many things. It's Stargate's like a version of the Star movie? Trek, the, the TV show SG one. Oh, okay. It's like a version of, of Star Trek in which, you know, like this is why we have the prime directive, <laughs> because if you don't, then they're going to end up like fucking all these things up. And it's awesome. I love that show. Like yeah. it's, it's like having the anti Star Trek in a lot of ways. And I really love it. 
Uh, it was, oh, he was just such a badass. The guy, he, like, yeah, Daenerys his, is... And uh, he, he looks really good, that, <laughs> yeah. that jumpsuit. Mean, <laughs> I like like the, the main sort of takeaway, I think, was that, like, maybe don't create super soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was, I think that you're really onto something with the moral of that story. <laughs> yeah. It's so, almost like when um, you employ robotics or machines to do your bidding and then they become sentient and they turn against you. Yeah. yeah. Like this guy is very much like, no, we're still human, like fix us or deal with the repercussions. Yeah. Right, and then John Connor has to send send some guy back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> dad. <laughs> Next up, we've got the high ground. Another um, really compelling, really good episode mm-hmm. uh, where Doctor Crusher is kidnapped by terrorists, and oh, one of them yeah. falls in love with her. I love yeah. the opening of this episode. It's yes. just like so casual, and like, it's kind of like we were talking about last night in Indiana Jones, where those. Um, just those cold opens where you see something that's completely unrelated to the actual central plot of the of the what you're getting to. Yeah, they're like just having they're in this like nice, well lit building, just chatting about you know just having a nice conversation, and then all of a sudden a bomb explodes, and then yeah. you're very much set into this war zone right away. Yeah, it's cool to see like your crew like jump into action, mm-hmm. reacts to being inside of a terrorist attack. And I I especially loved how Doctor Crusher was like. No, fuck you. Yeah. I I am a doctor and these people need my help. Yeah. Like, Stuff oath. your transporter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's such a badass in this episode. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best Crusher episodes, if not the best so far, that really kind of fleshes her out. I mean, this the, in this season, they really just start to flesh out their characters in such a great way. Uh, the terrorist leader was a really compelling character. Yeah. I love that... Um, you can kind of see in, in Beverly's eyes that she is attracted to this person, but she never says a word about it ever in the whole episode. Like, she's never tempted to be with him. Like, that's not what it's about, you know? Like, it's... She it's, has admiration for him. She does. I think she does have admiration yeah, for him and some respect. Does. And I, I do think some attraction, but but it doesn't... None of that, like, negates the fact that he is doing things that she just cannot get behind. Right. right. You know? She does try to defend him a little bit to to uh, Jean-Luc. Yeah. Um, at a certain point. And he's like, do you hear yourself? He just raised some really good points, though. He's oh, like, yeah. it just depends on how who wins. History is painted by who wins. You know, like, I could be, I very well could be George Washington. You know, like. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Absolutely. So, yeah. I love that line. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't really set up why this conflict is happening very well. It's like, but it seems like the but people don't of, even know. Like, they're just fighting for so long that they don't remember why. Yeah, mm. and well, it's also kind of irrelevant because I think that yeah. the point that they're arguing is is history is written by the victors, you know? And totally. That's, but like, the point. I read today on Wikipedia that this episode was censored. Did you guys know about that? No, why? Like, in the UK, it says, in his study of terrorism, data notes that Ireland was unified in 2024 after a successful terrorist campaign as a result, this episode was not originally shown on the free-to-air television in the U- United Kingdom no for many way. years. Huh. It wow. was also not broadcast in the Republic of Ireland by the Star Trek rights holder, RTE, during the program's run on the channel, though the UK broadcasters received, were, were received there. Initial UK airings were edited when shown on, on satellite channel Sky One. So, yeah, they were not huh. happy about that line. Interesting. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, really compelling episode that I whenever I rewatch it, it, it's this is like my it's it's interesting to watch a show as a kid and be really into it and then have episodes that are incredibly adult 
and and understand them and it, it really helped my brain grow you know <laughs> yeah this is super renegade politics yeah mm, yeah cool. episode 13 so we have 10 deja more to go Q. 10 more to go wait no 13 <laughs> is it 26 episodes this season i don't remember it's 26 yeah. of them and yeah. i remember because i looked at it this morning i was like this is impossible so we're <laughs> I love that you tried to rewatch the whole season today. I forgot that they were 45 minutes each. Dude. There's not enough time in a yeah. day to watch I just, it just like, you kind of changed the laws of physics. <laughs> I made it really far. Yeah. I'm Skip just the saying. So, Audrey, episode. when you showed up, you had this look in your eyes like you had been watching TV for all day. Oh. <laughs> um, I lived oh, with the... Uh, One more for the road. Oh, wait. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I did have a crazed look in my eyes. She came up to me and I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah. How do I talk to people? You know, I haven't spoken to a human being all day. I, yeah, I have not once spoken to anyone. <laughs> it's crazy. When I was living with uh, my friend Dan Hoff back in San Diego, we were really close friends. We lived together for a short time. Uh, I introduced him to Heroes. And then he watched the first episode and I went to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, he had watched every episode of the first season. Like, he didn't sleep. He watched the entire thing in one sitting. I was like, how the fuck did you do like that? Portlandia episode of BSG. Oh, yeah. God, that was so <laughs> good. Yeah, I love how they use the music in yeah. that episode, yeah. too. Like... <laughs> Have you seen that, Jesse? <laughs> Wait, Portlandia episode yeah. of... Well, there's a Portlandia episode where, where they, they start about watching BSG and they're like, oh, Bell we have Star. a date. We have dinner date to go no, to. I haven't seen this. And, oh, my God. And she's like, wait, just she's like, we have to get out the door. Like our friends, have, our meetings. He's like, just one more episode. Just, oh. and then she sits <laughs> down and watches it. She's like, I think that's actually what more. it's called is one more episode. Yeah. One more episode. <laughs> and then it gets to the point where they haven't showered in two weeks. They all lost, they their, lost jobs. their job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and then it's over and they're just like, what? She's like, like what? They next get rid of, episode, next episode. He's they like, like go to see James Howard's, uh, James, uh, uh, Edward James Almas. Yeah, James Almas. And they're like, hey, can we're going to start this up again. Do you want to be in it? And he's just like, oh, okay. He like takes them as legit producers. <laughs> <laughs> and they find, they find a guy named Ronald D. Moore, yeah. <laughs> but it's totally not Ronald D. Moore. Yeah. He's but then, some guy but doesn't Ronald D. Moore still show up in that episode? I think so. Oh, yeah. cool. It, oh my God, I gotta see this. You have to watch it. He's like being on like a small computer in his closet and the wife's like, would you shut that damn thing off? I'm trying to sleep. It's hilarious. I love how he's like, yeah, I'll help you write this episode. I know what I'm doing. Anyway, like. Yeah. So the only time I'd ever seen that crazy look before was on Dan's face. And I saw that on your face today. He showed up. It's the face of having watched television like all day. Yeah. I was Yeah. I love that. It had been a while since I had just tried to watch something in one sitting like that. And I've seen the whole season before, but it's been like a while. So I was just like trying to refresh my way. Mm -hmm. By the end of the day, I was just like, okay, I remember this scene. And like fast forwarding. (laughs) Okay, I remember this scene too. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because we started this when you were in season three. Yeah. And that was like six months ago or something. Has it been six months? It's been a long, I've been here for a while, bro. How long have I been doing this podcast? Pretty much as soon that. as I like moved here. <laughs> no way. Here. May or June. May or June. That sounds right. You started the same yeah. time. So we almost a year. Almost a year? No. It's like. It's three been like quarters. six months, right? Well. Let's see. You started in May? March, April, May. It was yeah, it May? So been doing it and, for... it's a, and it's March. I, I have my no, website open so... on. 
Oh yeah, it's March. <laughs> it's March, you guys. Yeah, so ten months. Yeah. <laughs> that leap year day fucked me up. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> Sorry, scroll back to the beginning me. here and find out when this was released. Because I know when Graham met you, we had had just started our podcast, or like you know about the same time of each other, and ours started in late May. Yeah, my la- my first episode was June thirtieth. Oh, okay. So eight months. Holy shit! Has it been that long? Crazy. I almost just started a podcast where I did every episode of TNG, but I just... Oh my God, that would have been tedious. Yeah, I, you know, I know there's other stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have to make sure it's not another like 20 something episodes before we do this again. <laughs> well, you have to make sure it's yeah. another 20. I'm That's here. True. That's true. He was yeah. using the royal we. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then I got... I feel so royal. Deja Q. Deja Q. Deja Q. Another of my absolute all-time favorite episodes. A surprisingly good one. It's it's probably, I mean, well, not the strongest Q episode, but it's up there. Yeah. This one and Tapestry, I think, are the two best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the one where Q becomes human for a day and uh, gets uncomfortable because he's hungry, <laughs> gets scared by falling asleep, yeah. uh, like gets child. stabbed in the hand with a fork Shows up by naked, Guinan. not a fan. Yeah. yeah. Right. You didn't like him showing up naked? Nah. I love no. that. I love that so much. And he falls to the ground. He looks up with like smarmy eyes. And he's like, red alert. <laughs> I'm going to do that every time I get naked. <laughs> Be like, red alert. Yeah. Uh, and for the people at home, Audrey was miming opening her skirt when she said that. Red alert. Red alert. Yeah. I feel like that's what my cat does every time he wants food. <laughs> he opens his trench coat? No. He, he just lays like Q on the side oh, naked. Okay. Or eats. T- uh, he does the Deadpool pose. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Man, this is one of the first episodes where you just really love Q. You yeah. Know? And, and. It's a really strong data episode. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah, I love I love him and data in this episode. And I, uh, if you've heard any of the other podcasts, the two other podcasts that we've done, I'm not a huge Q fan. Like, yeah. for the most part. But he's growing. But you're on a huge you. data but fan. I love data. Yeah. He's the love of my life. He's cold and logical and could never love me back so so it's perfect yeah <laughs> he's amazing um but uh yeah i really really enjoyed this episode and i really am curious to know more about gynan and q yeah uh, yeah. yeah they yep. do explore some of that yeah but not not a lot you'll not never cease having to, questions about yeah. gynan but that's which is good. great no that's it's good, good. yeah yeah it's, I, I love it's when like amazing when they see each other and she raises her hands and oh, claws yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> what power does she have that she's about yeah, to she use has to like do that yeah yeah like, <laughs> but one claw but like where <laughs> what sort of like like dark jedi powers does she have or she's gonna like shoot lightning at q what are you like gynan no, who are die. you <laughs> she stabs him it seems real enough she's to me she's not willing to fight the borg at all but q she will fuck up yeah <laughs> man uh yeah it's just such a great episode john delancey just being so fucking charming getting his powers back and throwing a fiesta on the bridge yeah wonderful uh, <laughs> getting data almost killed yeah and clearly showing no remorse about it but then people start being like eh, that, was, that was really messed up bro <laughs> mm. and then he's like oh, oh that was kind of messed up and then that that forms the entire third act where he... The selfless uh, act, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It opens up his humanity. Like he's made human, yeah. but he's not human until his humanity is kind of touched. Yeah. Later in the episode, that classic, classic Star Trek, you yeah. know, like what Star Trek does best. The reason we need Star Trek is to teach us about ourselves. Yeah. And this absolutely. episode excels at that. And also he's just a funny dude. You know? <laughs> like he says funny things. I'm like, you fucking snarky bastard. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Moving on, we get to, I think the low point of the season, uh, a matter of perspective. This is the one where there's the hollow, like the holodeck trial for Riker because they think he killed that, that dude's uh, wife. No, because he killed that dude. Cause he was banging the dude's wife. I don't know. Right. I do not like this episode. This is about Rashomon, right? This is the, where they have the holodeck and, uh, they get Riker's, uh, perspective and yeah. they get, yeah, this is all based on a character how is Rashomon. Oh, I don't know that. Have you haven't seen that? Um, uh-uh. It's basically like set in feudal Japan, and they have it's like there's a a couple. I wish I knew the plot better, but it's basically three versions of the same story, all told from like a different gaze and a different experience. Yeah, and you have a judge there having to figure out which is the truest story, and it was it's dr- absolutely directly like interesting taken from Rashomon. Yeah, I don't think they pulled it off in this. But you know what, Rashomon didn't have. Captain Picard painting. Yeah, the nude painting in the beginning. <laughs> Which was yeah. so awful. But oh, I love so that proud scene. Of it. And Data, Data is like, yeah. I don't know, sir. I don't know about that. I don't think it's very good. Like, after he goes and That's like, right. oh my god, this is amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then he gets to the captain. You're, you're disjointed <laughs> use. Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, did anyone like this episode? That was all right. Not enough to remember any of it. Yeah. Ian, how do you feel about it? Um, you know there there are some memorable bits memorable bits about it um because it's like it's a it's a Troy Riker like sort of rebonding moment um yeah because she's she's like essentially the only one who believes him yeah you know i mean yeah it bothers it, me it, this seems out of character for the whole crew to me like you can tell that there's I mean, they're trying to build dramatic tension so they make it seem like Riker might be guilty. Yeah. But of course he's not guilty, no. you know? <laughs> so, like, there's no dramatic tension. And then the fact that the crew, you can't tell if they believe him or not. I don't know. It does. I don't buy it. And then the fact that the points of view are so different also kind of bothers me because even Riker's point of view is not accurate, you right. know? Um and I'd is, like to. Isn't that the point, though? Yeah, it's just like as a kid, I just like wanted to think of all my Starfleet heroes as being like accurate. <laughs> yeah, but that's not how people are. Yeah, but you know, Star Trek is this idealized version of people that are yeah. more, you know, just more better. More better. <laughs> yeah. More well, better. but that's what we've been learning this whole time, especially in season three, that people aren't better. Right. Now, yeah. now that Roddenberry people. is not running the show anymore yeah, yeah true started, that's very true and they started doing not that everyone's a gryffindor man but <laughs> those episodes where where you show the flaws of the character and then they learn and they grow and i like that mm-hmm. this episode it, it wasn't even there's no flaw there's no real tension like it's just all a bunch of of gobbledygook and then it's over i'm just playing devil's advocate here but yeah. i'm just you like, know like sometimes people don't learn and they don't grow. They just do stupid shit, and then they sure. don't learn anything from it. But that doesn't necessarily make for compelling television. No, not at all. But I'm yeah. just saying that's kind of part of it, though, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, I'd rather be entertained. <laughs> cool. Yeah. cool. So let I me ask it. you this, though. Uh, if the person on trial weren't 
a member of the Enterprise crew. Do you think that it would have worked better? I just, I just find the whole setup of the episode to be a little lacking. Yeah. Like we're not going to care if it's someone outside the Enterprise crew. Right. So I, I say I, maybe the only way to make this work for me is to like make the crime something believable that the crew member could have committed. Mm. You know, like they set it up where Riker becomes this archvillain and shoots this guy in cold blood. And there's no way he did that. No. So like set it up. So maybe Riker uh, sleeps with this man's wife and then that man tries to kill Riker and Riker kills him in self-defense. I buy that. You know, that definitely could have happened. That so, is more Rikerly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, so the writing wasn't true to character for you. Yes, that's that's what I'm trying to get yeah. at. That's what really bugs me. Do you me have about a it. magnet of this episode on your refrigerator right I now? Know. <laughs> the, 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 I was going to say this episode did give bomb. us the double Hold face bomb. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the double face bomb. Totally classic. First CG meme. Yeah, and someone like CG'd a version of it where Worf is face palming also. So there's like three of them next to each other. It's awesome. (laughs) All right. Next, we have yesterday's Enterprise. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh, it's horrible. I am ready. I'm just glad I can do that on command. That was my uh, my body is ready. That was the grossest thing that's happened on the show. (laughs) Please Uh, edit that out. uh, I don't know. I I think that now it kind of has to be in there. Yeah. I mean, Ian, you're. Your nose snorting really put it over the top. <laughs> um, where else do you snort out of? I guess that it's implied that it's a nose. I don't yeah, have to say yeah. nose I snorting. I snort out my butt, but people call it a fart. <laughs> so yesterday's Enterprise. Uh, in this episode, we see an alternate timeline in which Tasha Yar is still alive and she falls in love with a dude from Buck Rogers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Schrodinger's Cat episode. What's that? Schrodinger's Cat. The cat is both alive and dead within this... Or that's what you have yeah. to assume yeah. until you open Oh, up. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember this one. Me and Graham went on a series of Schrodinger's cat puns, like um, both in a coma and not Schrodinger's catatonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like both Heinz and the other one, Schrodinger's cat's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can go on forever. Oh, that one took me a second. Yeah. yeah. I'm not cl- I'm not a clever person. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> uh, so this episode is very highly regarded. How do you guys feel about it? I agree with the high regard. Yeah. It blindsided me. It's like, whoa, what's Tasha doing here? This is cool. Yeah. What was that like first viewing through? I was just pumped to see Tosh again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she was your favorite. You were I devastated. I loved her so much. When she shuffled off the mortal when coil. When she was gone, I was like. Oh. 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 Yeah. And they hadn't set that precedence where people could actually die, die. at that yeah. point. So yeah. I was just like flabbergasted (laughs) so i I was happy to see her back for sure and it was a great episode and she shows up later in the series too but in much sadder circumstances yeah that's not till season four right yeah that's season Mm -hmm. four yeah so this is a great reborn tasha yar yeah yeah and i mean it's very interesting like the the aftermath of this episode is like we, we find out more later but yeah, and there's also there's also a Star Trek porn parody that deals with <laughs> deals with the aftermath of this episode. Uh, yeah, so I have a a chip on my shoulder about episodes of Star Trek in which nothing that happened really happened. You know, mm-hmm. like where we can kill everyone and go back to 
just hit the reset Business button. as usual. Th- this is the best one of all of those episodes for sure. I mean, I'm thinking of like the year of hell right. where like year of hell was the Voyager I always wanted to see. And then it was all like reset. Right. And I remember that the reset stick. There was another episode of Voyager where there was like two versions of everyone and they teased it uh, on yeah. UPN. They're like, and a major crew member will die. But it was like an alternate version of the major oh. crew member. And I just felt like so cheated by that. And this episode, at times I feel cheated by because, well, no, I take that back. I know it's not that. In this episode, there are moments where my attention wanders because I know that the stakes don't matter. You know what I mean? Hmm. But the moments of this episode that really, really work for me is every moment that Whoopi Goldberg is on the I spot. was about yeah. to say this is yeah. a great so diamond episode, yeah. though. Yeah. Like, like, you know... Like, uh, just sort of surprised me. <laughs> yeah, Guinan having this crazy sense that something's wrong, right. that she shouldn't know Tasha. Right. And then asking Jordy about Tasha at the very end. Oh, God, I loved that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and a show that, like, very much resets at the beginning of every week. To go back and touch on the tragedy of a prior season yeah. was very powerful. Yeah. Uh, and I really love that about it. So it's definitely not one of my favorite episodes. Like, I love it. I think it's great. It's not It's not in my top list where it is in a lot of people's top lists just because there's, there's moments where I just feel like the stakes don't matter. Um, so I don't invest as deeply. Mm-hmm. But seeing Tosh again is amazing. Yeah. Do you see them as like not real people because they're alternate timeline people? And you just don't really care what happens to them, really? No, it's more that that, that I don't know those characters. Mm. They're not my friends. They're people that look like my friends. They're people that are wearing my friends' faces and running around <laughs> and parading and pretending to be my friends, That's but who aren't creepy. actually my friends. I think it That's touches creepy. on, like, a deep issue yeah. that I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, also, just part of that, I'm sure, is that, like, the, the no-stakes thing. Like, they're yeah. your friends, and these things are happening to them, but it ends up not mattering in the end because yeah. it never actually did happen. But the interesting thing is that it did happen because there are repercussions in our universe. Right, right. right. Uh, butterfly effect. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, super, super cool episode. Really adds a lot yeah. to the, uh, like, canonical universe of Star yeah. Trek. Uh, one that I, re- I love watching from time to time, but it doesn't, like, hit me like the defector will hit me, you know? Yeah. But I do love it. I love a lot of the aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic like, choices are the, awesome. The, the lighting. Mm-hmm choices i love the modifications they did to the bridge Mm -hmm. like the new stations and stuff which frankly should have been there the whole time but (laughs) um and uh just like the costumes just it was a little thing but having the collar closed Mm -hmm. i always thought that looked really slick yeah you know yeah totally. i also love those kinds of artistic choices because it's such a nice subtle way to kind of imply that no we're in a different universe right, right now you know yes. like i love that they didn't have to go too over the top making everything different you yeah know? just oh. wait till season seven parallels oh my god oh yeah that's the shit that what, is. what else though what, um al- although it did bug me that everyone was like military log <laughs> because like <laughs> i mean the federation's the been in wars before. Yeah. And they probably, during those wars, just kept saying Captain's Law. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are we to believe? Way to screw the pooch, Star Trek. Yeah. No, but uh, there's so much, like, it's, it's a, it is, I really think, a heavily, uh, a heavy-hitting emotional episode uh, because of Tasha because she gets a second chance and, and for a character who didn't get a chance at a lot of character development, 
when she was on, having her back and then having something incredibly consequential happen to her that's not her dying. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, right away, but, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as far as you know, at the end of the episode, she's she's dead again. Well, yeah. You, you think, yeah. Right. I mean, that's later disproven, but yeah. yeah. Um, was, was really, really big. And it, it, I loved the... Um, like the sorts of additions to the canon, like we got to see the Enterprise C. Like how cool yeah, was that, right? Totally. And and Rachel Garrett, awesome she captain. seemed like she was a badass captain. Yeah, I would have loved <laughs> to see just like a whole series about her. And good old Dick Castillo. Yeah, <laughs> my mother calls me Richard. You can call me Dick. <laughs> that moment is so over the top. They, they showed that at the the Star Trek night when they showed a couple episodes in the theaters. Oh yeah, and I remember people laughing at that line. <laughs> But I love that actor. Like uh, I loved him from uh, Happy Gilmore, yeah. and he's in the pilot of Stargate. Excuse me, of uh, Stargate Universe, and he his was in, hair was excellent. Yeah. Excellent hair in this episode. He was in a couple episodes, if I remember correctly, of Boardwalk Empire. Oh, I could see him fitting into that to into that to, to into that yeah. universe. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, there was just there were. It's a really interesting episode to watch that I, I, I do feel it, it it does hit you emotionally. Like yeah. maybe not everyone, not like you know, say uh Picard and all them, but like the the Tasha um Guinan dynamic yeah. is really, really heavy and um and it's kind of sweet seeing the whole Tasha Castillo thing happen. Yeah. Because she's like, YOLO. Or I guess. <laughs> live Moss. Yolt. You know. Yolt. You only live. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yolt. <laughs> Taking the internet by storm. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's really good. I'm hashtagging that so hard Hashtag when we yield. this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You'll oh, twice. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm missing a party with this episode. Because, like, I do remember the first time I saw it just being, like, overwhelmed with how awesome it was. Yeah. And it's been, like, repeated viewings where I, I just never got that same feeling. Hmm. So maybe maybe for me it's just one that only worked the first time. Whereas, like, with repeated viewings... Once you know the reveal, it doesn't hit as hard. Maybe. Yeah, because, like, like not... Like watching the game. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, don't say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, Memento, I never watched again because... Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to experience that same thing, but... Well, we did watch it again on Enterprise, but... Oh, you're right. <laughs> that episode is great. It is. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes I feel, like, a little sad that, like, everyone else seems to be, like, so in love with this episode. But I still love it. I mean, I still like it a lot. But it, it didn't... It never... Every other time I saw it, besides the first time, there was a, a smidgen of disappointment with it for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, The Offspring, another <laughs> oh. first directorial debut of Jonathan Frank Frakes, and he's Wasn't knocking really. it yeah. out of the park. Yeah, I can't believe they gave him like such a meaty episode to start with. Aji, you, you're I, reacting very strongly. What do you think? I of this just one? no. There's just nothing. I just love it. I oh, love good. Yeah. This episode. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. Data I, builds a daughter. Yeah. And oh, she's yeah. the best. Lol. Lol. Yeah. Not lol. Lol. One of my favorite things about this episode. Or lol. Is that it gave birth to one of my favorite gifts that I use often when I miss a joke. 
<laughs> it's when somebody throws something at her, oh. and, it's her and she lifts her hand. <laughs> Use that gift all the time. I am looking for that gift immediately. Like, yeah. It's so funny. And it's very appropriate for almost anytime you miss a joke, it's perfect, which happens to me a lot. So <laughs> something goes over my head, I'm using that gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this thing is just like start to finish, yeah. like wonderful. Just, uh, one of those episodes that gets like richer with repeated viewings where it's so intensely emotional watching two emotionless characters fall in love with each other is amazing, amazing writing. And then when Lal's emotions start to happen towards the end and she oh, yeah. like can only express her love for her father and her gratitude that she had any life. Ah, uh, so good. I'm so sad right that he feels. feels like he can't. He can't, he can't experience that. Yeah. This yeah. But he totally can. does. He yeah. does, but he refuses to see it. But right. this is like a whole thing that I have yeah. with Dana. Yeah. I'm like, you're full of shit. Yep. You don't yeah. realize you're full of shit because you're such a child. But like, <laughs> yeah. But you have feelings, Brush. That's what's happening. <laughs> and he, he just doesn't understand what Yeah, what he doesn't understand what they are. He thinks that he's programmed to not have feelings. Therefore, he doesn't have feelings. Yeah, exactly. Well, this episode shows them that if he does have feelings, he'll just melt down. And just no longer become something like Lal dies because she starts having emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she she has this like cascade reaction mm -hmm. that trips emotions. Uh, like she's dying. Oh, okay. So it's a yeah, and the emotions are kind of a, a byproduct of the fact gotcha. that her positronic brain is not stable. Uh, so so it's a chicken and egg scenario. Like, did that happen because she be became emotionally aware, mm -hmm. or was that a byproduct of her yeah. dying? Yeah. And that's I that that I don't know. And like, had she lived longer, would she have maybe done like a black star kind of thing? You know, like creatively expressing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't understand anyone's uh, references are you tonight. A Bowie yeah. reference yeah. right now. Oh, okay. just that was just like wow. I got it right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Black Star is I'm also slow. a Radiohead song, so like oh, right. you know, blame it on the Black Star. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah, and one of the things that I thought was interesting in this episode was that, because um, I just watched it again just this week, and one thing that really struck me was, as it starts off, my first thought is, all right, um, oh, what's the name of that episode? Um, the the data trial from season oh, two. Measure oh, of a Man. Measure yeah. of a Man, oh, thank good. you. Uh -huh. So, like, where's the, yeah. the consequences from that, right? Like, mm -hmm. everyone's like, like, Picard's being all pissed off at him, and he's like, what you just yeah, said. You just <laughs> You're in my court. Yeah. But then there's that scene when Picard's in his ready room with that admiral, and he's like, no, we decided this. Yeah, yeah. he's got uh, free will. Right, yeah. and yeah. therefore, so does she. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that, brought it back and i think it's it very much it. a sequel yeah, yeah sequel to one of the best episodes ever yeah. makes one of the best episodes ever i mean it's it's incredibly good uh, the actress did a really good job oh yeah i think like, i think that there's no other way to do it than how she did it and it, she was kind of like janky and weird in a way that <laughs> like the first time i saw it as a kid i was like is she a bad actress and later i was like no no she's a really good actress yeah, yeah she's yeah. making you uncomfortable because she's supposed to mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> totally. i love that she was able to choose her um physical appearance too yeah yeah could have been a klingon boy or or a romulan or a yeah. andorian woman mm -hmm. yeah. one of the only sightings of an andorian at all on next generation the yeah. only other one i think is on risa as a background character right. although I, I i did hate that andorian maybe yeah it was bad andorians though still 
Yeah. Coolest species. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Shran. Shran. Yeah. Shran till death. Shran for life. <laughs> Shran for life. Um, yeah, man. And also... I get uh, emotional just thinking about this one. <laughs> I loved like how giddy Guinan got over Lol. Yeah. Right? Like she was like, this is the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. And so like when... when uh, you know, Data comes to her and was like, hey, you know, do you think maybe she could work here? Yeah. She's like, hell yeah. yeah. And then she hits on Riker and Data walks in and he's like, Commander, what are your intentions oh, with yeah. my daughter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, I felt like that was Frakes, like putting his stamp on that oh, episode because yeah. he was correcting totally. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And uh, so you blew, blew my mind. I was talking to John and Naomi, Audrey's roommates, like my uh, frequent podcast guests and also musical buddies of mine. Uh, and they don't like this episode. They were watching through TNG and they both didn't like this episode and they told me that they turned it off wow. halfway through. Yeah, we had to stop talking that day when they told me that. I was like, what? I can't talk to you guys well, right now. I mean, in fairness, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to me, it's not like uh, upset that they felt differently than me. It was just like, I just couldn't understand couldn't understand it because it's such a great episode i couldn't understand someone i know who has like good opinions about stuff mm. like not liking it. i'm just really curious what it is yeah, uh, actually i tried to get naomi to come on different. the show tonight and like the scheduling didn't work out but yeah. i just really wanted to know like what she saw in the episode that that upset her because hmm. i'm curious it's a very upsetting episode for sure oh yeah yeah it may be one of the saddest if not the saddest episodes of the whole show i mean how great would it have been if she had been a regular mm-hmm. i know <laughs> and that's where you think it's going for yeah. sure and like wesley and her could have like dated <laughs> uh, she starts to develop emotions and relationship skills at the same time as she dates wesley crusher uh, kayla this is what you really wanted to talk about sins oh, of the yeah. father oh uh, yeah yeah this god this season is good rough <laughs> episode because it just makes me hate klingons forever yeah <laughs> They're just so stubborn and yeah. They remind me of my dad. It's like <laughs> they reveal to Worf that like, oh, this thing, this whole trial is just a mockery. We didn't think that you were actually going to show up and defend yourself. Yeah, like, you've been hanging out with the humans the whole time. We thought the Klingon party you died long a time ago. So yeah. like, it's cool if we like drag your mo- your father's name through the dirt. That's fine, right? Here's the real deal. Your your father had nothing to do with it. It's also we don't upset the people of you know the um the council. Yeah, it's like what a bunch of bullshit politics. Like <laughs> yeah, it's really fuck interesting. You guys. Like Wait, the Duras family so much weight into this like appeasing your bloodline and you know um keeping your like being uh proud of who you came from and then just be like sorry it's all a farce you know yeah i think that's like exactly the sort of thing that esri was talking about esri dax in season seven of deep space nine when she was like i think maybe the klingon empire deserves to die yeah they're kind (laughs) of awful yeah and it's interesting to so, so Worf goes to Kronos to defend his family name. Uh, this is the episode where we, Todd. we meet Tony Kern, Todd. right? Yeah. yeah, we meet Kern, Worf's brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their meeting is just like awesome in the He's beginning. So and this good. is also a callback He's to the so season two good. episode when Riker <laughs> serves on the Klingon ship. This yep. is like the reverse oh, yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. where like oh, Kern yeah. is serving on the Enterprise. This episode is packed full of Star Trek right. goodness. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> the exchange program. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then 
the, the the Romulans are working with the Duras family and they have been for, for decades and the Duras family is really powerful in the council. So they're trying to blame Worf's family for the crimes of the Duras family so the Duras family can continue to commit those crimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and this sets in motion Spickable. a chain of events that will be very uh, central to the plot of The Next Generation, mm-hmm. for sure. I do love this, like... um Picard being like the what, what's the name Chadich. of it? the Chadich, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's one of those episodes that Picard is quote unquote on an away team that Riker's not like, but sir, I need to like <laughs> let you know that this is not a good idea, and as your first officer, it's my duty to let you know you're going into danger, and he nearly gets stabbed. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's a very dangerous mission. Yeah, and Riker is just like, nope, go ahead. It's for for the good of the crew. Yeah, it's really interesting because the first time I saw this, I thought he was going to pick Riker as his Chadich because they kind of have a bro thing mm-hmm. going on. Like they go to the holodeck and fight monsters together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was really interesting to me that he chose Picard. And I'm so glad he did because some of my oh, favorite so Picard good. moments are yeah. him like serving as Chadich throughout the show in well, a couple of episodes. I mean, it sets it up with Riker just being like so um, impatient with Klingons and just like not being able to relinquish control on their ship and just butting heads over and over again. So like Picard actually knows some Klingon and like can get along with them. And... Yeah, he's way more diplomatic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. sure. Can I just say though, as much as I love Tony Todd, the best Klingon character in the whole show was Kalest, the the old, oh, woman the old lady. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, that uh, you got fat. Yeah, <laughs> like every moment she was on screen was golden. Yeah, <laughs> including like the heartbreak when she just walks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, it's a it's a really really good episode, and the ending as a kid was really confusing to me. The discommendation where, yeah, like, well, the only way out is death. Oh wait, but there's this other way out. You can just go away. Yeah, you know, which is we like can how just pretend you're dead. <laughs> yes, but, but now, yeah, that's how he is. You know? But yeah. he's you know Klingons are built for honor. So like, are they just, though? Like, but that's what's well, so refreshing yeah. about this episode for me is that like they're they just, they. They tout themselves as this, like, really, like, you know, honorable warrior race. But really, they're just the same corrupt fucking 1% bullshit <laughs> assholes like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's cool to see that because, yeah, like, it's you... really cool. It brings humanity. To yeah. It. You know, and it makes you question what you know about the Klingons, because everything you know about the Klingons <laughs> is through Worf's perspective. And Worf has a warped perspective of the yeah, Klingon absolutely. Empire. Been away from them yeah, for so a long. very idealized version of it. Like Worf is in many ways the truest of all the Klingons. Right. You know, I am the truest of all the Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like in the original series, there are enemies. We don't really know them very well. And the next generation, one of them is a friend. Yeah. But. You can see why we're enemies with the Klingon Empire, because they're stubborn and childish when it comes to their political deal- dealings. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really backhanded. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's really interesting. But they're also just like, it'd be so much fun to hang out with at a party. <laughs> you know? Well, there's the, like, Not later on after um, War, I think it's in the season when Worf leaves the Enterprise for a little while, they go to, like, a Klingon bar, and that's, like, neutral territory. Right. Where, like, it's just... Um, he's not part of the Klingon anymore, but no one's going to fuck with him. Like, yeah. it's, it's cool here. That's know? season five, episode one. Oh, okay. What's that called? Redemption. Redemption part two. Yeah. 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 Where they're like all drinking together. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. Yeah. It's like, I killed, I killed your brother this morning, but tonight we are buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's headbutt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Next we have Allegiance. 
this Which episode is, is this, uh, this is very close to my heart. This is the one where Picard falls asleep and then wakes up in a jail with like oh, three other people. Oh yeah. And they're in like a, like a, like a panic room and so they like, have to like, try to get out of. It's like an Encyclopedia Brown episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you can't eat the food. Yeah. You can't fight this person. Like all these little clues of like, okay, what's the common thread here? We need to figure out yeah. why we're here. Yeah, we're getting into the territory where I can almost remember the first time I saw the episode because mm-hmm. I was watching these as they aired. Like, this is like, what are we, what, what's the air date? 1990. So I was like six years old. So I do have like memories of this because I know I was watching the show. I mean, I think as far back as when it started or maybe season two, because I was like three or four when it started. But I remember yeah. the first time I saw this episode and the crew looks at each other at the end to, to put those aliens that had studied them into a containment field. Oh, yeah. And the crew just like looks at each other because Picard gives them an order with a single look. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're telling each other something with their eyes. And then he puts <laughs> them in the force field. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> you like, we should have known. They should have been able to guess that the Bullion was the alien, like straight off, because she had hair. I yeah, mean, we've never seen a Bullion have, have hair, hair before. Come on, yeah. come on. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever seen a Bullion woman before? No, that was the first. So yeah. how do you know? <laughs> because. Shut up. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> the aliens were played by twin brothers. Really? Yeah. Jerry and Jeff Rector. I'm so glad that you're balls deep on Wikipedia right now. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am too, but you can like read. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy the fuck out of this episode. I love that it's like putting Picard at the center of the action and really kind of oh. showing off the character of the crew in a really cool way. And oh my god, and then like the fake Picard doing drinking Beverly, songs. Yes. And and his relationship with Beverly ah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really get, like, super into it. Yeah, and Picard like, like invites her over for like dinner and yeah, kissing. That way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I cannot wait to invite someone over for that. Call a deck and chill? Call yeah. yeah. deck and chill. <laughs> okay. Hashtag call deck and chill. Tweeting it. Uh, so we got Yolton, we got holodeck and chill. Damn, you are good at this. Audrey, what's the thing that you say when you open your trench coat? Oh, red, red alert. alert. Red alert, yeah. So you invite someone over for holodeck and chill. For for drinks and kissing, alert. and then you give them a red alert. Yeah, I give them a red alert, and then I say, "One up, baby, yolt." Yeah. <laughs> dating with Audrey. Uh, no wonder I'm so successful at dating. Oh, and then this one—I <clears throat> read earlier too that this got nominated for an Emmy for outstanding achievement in a makeup in makeup in a series. Well, it oh, really? deserves it mm-hmm. because yeah. all of Even the characters are amazing in this yeah. one. The makeup in this episode is incredible. Yeah. Like the the dude, the crazy angry dude who I thought was a Nausicaan when I was a kid, but who is not. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Do you think Picard would be in a room with a Nausicaan like that and try to work it out? I think that he's gotten to the point where he can. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I just watched the episode like the, it's a wonderful life, basically, where Picard gets to see. Oh it. yeah. Don't don't yeah. tell Audrey about that yeah. one yet. Oh, that's tapestry. tapestry. That's oh, okay. Uh, that that's is, also my top that's three. One of my top five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and your other I one should... is uh, the inner light, right? That's really high up there yeah. for sure. I think I would put Tapestry above the Inner Light because you get to see Picard wear blue. 
That's <laughs> true. It's so off-putting. It's really weird. It's like when Data wears red. Mm-hmm. It's very much like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we have Captain's Holiday. Another That's knocked out of the park episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Picard God. goes on vacation. Riker tries to get Picard laid. Picard falls in love with Indiana Jones. Right. And they go on an adventure. Who <laughs> <laughs> was seriously just going to call her that? Vash. You gotta love Vash. Yeah, she's pretty great. Yeah. So they even brought her back on Deep Space they, Nine for an episode. Well, they brought her back to on TNG later too. They did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she and she and Q. Yeah. And and, and even DS9. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just said that like a second ago. Oh, I'm paying attention. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're we're super paying attention, and we're not like tweeting or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, For some reason, I heard TNG. Anyway, <laughs> this episode we get Max uh, Grodenchik as a Ferengi yeah. who will become uh, not Rom. Rom, yeah, I almost said Nog. Yeah, he becomes Rom on Deep Space Nine, and he was the guy who was killed in the beginning of Sister Act. So I always had a hard time <laughs> seeing him in movies because oh, so him and Guinan were just like yeah, they're yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that that scene in Sister Act was like really traumatizing for me. <laughs> That was rough. Can I just like take a moment to tell you guys how much I love Sister Act? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's, it deserves to be said because that movie is incredible. It's a brilliant movie. <laughs> yeah. Everything from the acting to the writing to the score. It's so good. Down. Oh, my God. Amazing. It, it's an achievement. Yeah. It proves that too much of a good thing is maybe not the best because Sister Act 2 oh, yeah. was only okay. Let's not speak of Sister Act 2. <laughs> but it was not like a Phantom Menace situation. It was, it was, you yeah. Know. Oh yeah, it wasn't a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It wasn't like the worst thing ever, but it wasn't great. But yeah, Sister Act 1, I watched that so many times as a kid. Me too. Well, I was in choir from third grade through 12th grade. So every year when there's a substitute, that's the movie that they would roll out <laughs> on that cart with a tube TV. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, that's awesome. That is what I watched. There was a minute there where Whoopi Goldberg was like one of the biggest stars on the planet. Yeah, yeah dude. So she, 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 she either grew up or just lived in San Diego as a young adult. And there was this restaurant that I used to go to that she was a server at. And she actually drew something on the ceiling when she left. She's like, bye or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but there's this like this place where you can go where you, there's like pictures of her working there. And huh. she like drew something on the walls. that's still there. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty badass. That place is really good. What is it called? Uh, fuck. It's been so many years. That's like the place you go when you, after a really long night of drinking, like that's where you go in the morning to feel better. I like love a good, hurricane. I love a good post drinking spot. Yeah. It's like, a, like it's Lost thoughts, Lake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For you, that's just home. That's just home. <laughs> so we were talking about Theodore Rex last night, and I told Jesse that that was the movie that Whoopi Goldberg basically got, got blackmailed into being in. Huh. And the story behind that was like... Um, Wait, you got to say the premise of the movie first, because this blew oh, me away. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, have you guys seen Theodore Rex? Mm-mm. It's Whoopi Goldberg as an undercover cop with a dinosaur. Like her partner, I'm sold. Seen this like movie. her partner is a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, I remember. I really wanted to watch. Oh, this. I gotta see the poster. <laughs> it's terrible. I really, really wanted to watch this. The the puppet style reminded me of that show, Dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> holy really is shit! The style of dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah, I've seen this poster. <laughs> Well, I think wow. we should have a movie night. <laughs> you guys. Oh my God, yes! Let's we make need whoopee. to. Let's do it. Let's make Whoopi. She said. <laughs> but um, one review, four stars. 
That's good. Wish, Out so. of a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> it went directly to video, um, and it made major headlines when Whoopi Goldberg allegedly broke contract to escape from the film, only to be sued and essentially forced to do the film against her will. Wow. Yeah, there's this whole like oral history of the movie on SlashFilm.com, and it's fantastic. It's worth a read. Crazy. Um, Captain's Holiday. Captain's Holiday. <laughs> Did we... Anything else we want to say? It's such a fun episode. Yeah, it's it a is. great episode. It's another time and I love, kind of thing episode. I love any episode where Picard is like romantically involved with yeah. anyone because I just yeah. love seeing him in that role. He's so like rugged and manly. Yeah. He has <laughs> such a hard time opening himself up to it at all. Yeah. He's so used to being closed off to be captain that just like letting someone in in the smallest way makes yeah. him very uncomfortable. And I love it. Yeah. I and love Riker's trick bean. on him, too, to buy that yeah. statue. The Horgon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> why? Which if it's a thing that totally attracts... Worked. If it attracts prostitutes, why is it called a Horgon? I don't think it's a <laughs> prostitute. Should we call it a whore here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you seek Jamaharon? <laughs> um, oh, God. But I... I well, and... I can't believe how many pickup lines I'm getting what, out of it. What happened? <laughs> like, what happened in the costume department to give Picard that outfit oh, in God. that scene? Uh, yeah. Something wonderful. Where he's just like, his, he's just wearing like a, a shirt that's just unbuttoned and then like tiny shorts like what I wear on stage. Like, it's I'm like going to have the world's tiniest front butt. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they call that a moose knuckle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whatever it is, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> but uh, what is up with Picard having never heard of Risa before? He's never heard of Risa. Yeah, like he is that a thing? Riker. Riker has to be like, okay, I know this totally great oh, planet. That's right. I feel like it was one of those things like in the office, like one person goes to like Vegas a really nice restaurant like- and they go in the office like, dude, you got to try this restaurant. That's like <laughs> Riker goes to Risa and he comes back. He's like, guys, you got to go to Risa. You'll, <laughs> you'll super get laid. The weather is like climate controlled all the time. It's always beautiful. Right. Like, but like everyone in the Federation has to have heard of Risa. Right. I mean, I always kind of felt like that's where. Like they, I mean, there's so many planets. There's got to be so many vacation planets. And because later on in Star Trek lore, it's the only one they ever go to. Right. They do make it seem like it's the only one anyone should know about. But at this point in the history, maybe yeah. this is like yeah. the genesis of that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I always felt like it was this group of friends. It's like they're and they like made place. it cool because like you know, the Enterprise is obviously like. The cool kids of Sweet Valley High. Like, everyone, like, knows them. <laughs> They're the jocks, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, like, Picard is just so wound up that he doesn't even, like... I could see He doesn't that. listen, like, yeah. in one ear, out the other. Yeah. yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. I love that for the rest of the series, there's always a Horgon in Riker's... Yeah. Yeah. ...home. Next to his trombone. (laughs) These are the two things that Riker uses to get laid. A trombone and a horgon. Oh my gosh. I love how a trombone is something that can get you laid. Because that is not (laughs) what it was like when I was a kid. (laughs) It totally worked on uh, Minuet. Did he play trombone in that episode? Trombone. He did. And uh, boy, he loves playing his trombone. He sure does. I think, if I remember correctly, that was actually like Jonathan Frakes had that talent. He plays trombone. And so he just... There are times where they replace it, but they're like with 
something recorded post, which could still have been him, but there are times where he does play it on set, and you can tell, like, the audio is from the set. Mm. Uh, I think the episode... Diegetic. Died, what's that? When the music happens within the, the scene. Oh. It's supposed to be part of the, like, instead of background music, diegetic yeah. music is part of the actual writing in the That's scene. That's a cool word. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. And now I know what to call it. <laughs> uh, the episode where he loses his memory and then he picks up a trombone and plays it. Yeah. And then is it, it's it Troy in the room, right? And she, and she totally wants to bone him after that. It's right. like, yeah. It, was it Troy in the room at that point or was it, uh, uh, Ro? I don't know. I'm I think it was Ro. The name Either way, playing the trombone made that person want to bone him. And it was, uh, very exciting. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Did you just see the Muppets? Muppets? Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Aubrey. We're all we're all on the same page then. Okay. (laughs) The Alkaline Trio covered that for the last Muppet movie. Really? Yeah, it's really good, actually. You know what song I miss is the Fraggle Rock theme song. Nope. That's a good one. (laughs) Nope. I listened to that so much as a child. I've I've heard enough. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Next up. Sorry that you don't like fun. No, it's my least hated thing. Next up, we have Tin Man. Uh, this episode also seems like it was out from an earlier season to me. You this I mean? episode gets referred to a lot, I find, in um, like a lot of the reference material, like the encyclopedia, the you know stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the production staff all seem to talk a lot about this, and I have never been able to figure out why. Huh. I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. It's not like a, a super standout to me, but the character. Another, why the hell are the Romulans on this side of the neutral zone? Can, thing? can yeah. I get like a little synopsis on this one? Yeah, this yeah, is the this one is where the one there's that the. I did not make it to today. There's the uh, the sentient spaceship that is alive and had a crew at one point, but is now floating through space alone. And it's traveling to a, a star that's about to go supernova so it can die. But it's been in contact with this Betazoid person who has some, you know, some issues. Uh, and this person is sent to uh, kind of c- try to communicate with this thing. Huh. And ends up kind of like merging with it and bonding with it and right. going off to have adventures together in the end. And isn't it interesting how like basically every single Betazoid that we meet has like serious issues except for Troy who has had like literally the worst things happen to her. Yeah. And she's totally fine. Yeah. She's I mean, a baller. but you know what I, to me, like the representation of the Betazoid culture is locks on a Troy because yeah. she's just super like, she's just like a boss, you know, she's super in touch with herself and uh, I feel like open. you have to be, if yeah. everyone can read your thoughts, Agreed. you know, like yeah. you have to be. Yeah, that's why I love her so much yeah. is because, like, that's what that culture would be like if if you never have a secret. You're just super open with everything all the time. Yeah. yeah. You also and just hear her all the time because she's the, the ship's yeah. voice. She's the too. ship's voice. <laughs> Good old yeah. Majel. Queen Majel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really I really enjoy this episode. I think I do. it does feel, like, hokey almost in a way that earlier seasons did. So I could totally see it fitting into seasons one or two, but I still really love it. Like if you'd thrown Q into this, this would have made a better encounter at Farpoint. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Also, Gumtu is a really cool name. Yeah. <laughs> he calls himself Gumtu. If you were being called Tin Man or Gumtu, what would you prefer to be called? Tin Man. Tin Man. It depends on if I was in the Wizard of Oz or not. Yeah. Yeah. Because that'd be confusing. Like Tin, Man, <laughs> Tin Man is kind of gangster. 
<laughs> you get cut by the Tin Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm a gum two man. Call me gum two all day long. Gum two sounds like my fat uncle that no one takes seriously. <laughs> totally, it's like uh, it's like Gumby's little brother, Gum two. <laughs> uh, um, next up, Hollow Pursuits. Oh, Reginald uh, Barkley. Uh, yes, the debut of Barkley. Barkley having hall addiction where he can't get off the hall deck. He's living in a fantasy world and it's affecting his job performance. What a milk and water guy. This one I remember vividly. Yeah. <laughs> this one is exquisite. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So when Jordy becomes sympathetic to him, to, to Broccoli. Right. <laughs> Thank you for calling Broccoli. <laughs> um, it's because he's tapped into the earlier episode with, him in the holodeck with Leah Brahm. Right, totally. Yeah. And he gets it. Yeah. You know? But it is so funny to see, like, like Troy's like, no, it's okay, let him have his fantasy, until she's like, what? I'm in it too? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am the goddess of empathy. Right. And, yeah. and she, okay. she was like, put a cork in it or something like that. Yeah. I love how Stuff all it. the That's guys right. are short. I know! <laughs> Riker's, like, so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a fun episode, and it's so fun to see your characters play someone else on the holodeck. Yeah. And Barkley is just, like, instantly lovable. And, yeah. I mean, he comes back over and over because he's such a wonderful yeah. character. Dwight Schultz was was one of the A-team. Yes, I didn't know was. that for a long oh, wow. time. Yeah, he's yes, one he of was. the original oh, A-team. Yeah. Like Mad Murdoch. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, he's one of those like awesome dudes that shows that, you know, your hairline can recede and you can still look pretty rad. Yeah. He'll never be yeah. on the way team though. The away team. <laughs> it took me a second. No one trusts Mr. Broccoli yeah. on the away team. He was um, also just, um, just recently in a video game called, um, uh, camouflage puts it out. It's like, uh, no, edit that out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I love this yeah. episode. I just wish he was less sweaty. Was no, he sweaty? Perfect. Oh, yeah. The flop sweat is part of what makes I him never that even noticed that. that he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's very wow. and it's a really good interest. Had he never shown up again, I think the episode would have actually been weaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as like a an establishing episode for him, yeah. as a character, it's golden. Because he comes back. Yeah. Oh, it's it's raining. Listen to that. Get uh, some nice soothing sounds of rain sound on the of podcast. And Thanks for listening to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. <laughs> Live from Ferenginar. <laughs> <laughs> Ferenginar, where it's raining all the time. <laughs> Remember, awesome. ladies and gentlemen, check out Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. You only live twice. <laughs> <laughs> Red alert. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say all of the inside jokes. Let's do them again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, another exceptionally good episode. The Most Toys. Saul oh, Rubinek, yeah. uh, incredible guest star. This is the collector who oh, man. steals Data, oh, makes yeah. the crew think that Data's dead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just so he can hold him in his collection. This is one of the most disturbing and kind of mm-hmm. like personally violent episodes yeah. of the whole series. Uh, it really unsettling. As a kid, I couldn't quite handle it. As an adult, it's become one of my favorites because it's really tackles yeah. like the issue of slavery. of slavery yeah, yeah. and uh th- th- this incredibly what's what's the word uh flamboyant character who's also mm. 
exquisitely evil. Yeah. Uh, just super well written, incredibly well performed. Saul Rubinek was like a last second replacement for whoever was supposed to play the part. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember the story. I think someone may have passed away or something. Huh. I'm not 100% sure. Or or someone, or they lost someone last thing. I'm not he sure. He was delightfully unlikable. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> very good, like, very good villain. And getting into the issues of self for a robot again, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a really different perspective. A different, yeah, from a different way, like from a different uh, approach. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Yeah. I love when he opens the baseball card. You smell that? Yeah. Right? Bubblegum. It's one of those little things. It's one of those little details. Yeah. I love it. He played Donnie on Frasier. Yeah. Uh, and he's on. He's like oh. one of the main stars of uh, Warehouse 13, which people keep telling me to watch. I yeah, you should it. watch that. You'd yeah. like it. It's cool. a lot like uh, Kingdom of Crystal Skull opening. It's like the warehouse there. Yeah. With all the weird shit. It's kind of like this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. that show. I've got like nothing negative to say about this one. Like I just, I love it to death. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, It's a good and, and, and a very, a, very strong data episode. Oh, it's a very yeah. good like performance from Brent Spiner. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have to talk about the ending where, uh, with the disruptor data yes. is transported back to the enterprise. Um, he was, he's in a standoff with, uh, with he, Kivas Fajo with Saul Rubinek's character. And he's like about to shoot him. He's go for it, Ian. Go, go, go. Do it. Let him do it. Do it, He's man. So do excited. it. He's going to let him go. Yeah. He's got this disruptor that just like tears you apart atom like, by atom yeah. in the most excruciating way. And he's going to let him go. And Data, of all people, thinks twice and he says, Nope, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Yeah. And he goes back and we find out as he's in the the transporter buffer because it gets transported right at the moment that he pulls the trigger and O'Brien mentions, huh? There's a weapon on board and, or in the stream. Uh, and it looks like it's like discharged. Yeah, yeah. It's discharged. And data just, he, when Riker confronts him on this, he's like, no, yeah. I don't know what that was. Oh, it was just... so human. I yeah. love it so much. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing is Data's physically incapable of lying. Yeah. He cannot lie. Mm-hmm. For his programming, he cannot lie. So what happened in this moment? Did Data not mean to pull a trigger? Did he not realize he pulled the trigger? That seems unlikely. Yeah, totally unlikely. Did Data lie? I think Did Data did. break his programming and lie in that moment? Data, like, the uh, Fajo's just like... You know, I'm just going to keep doing what I do, you know? Maybe it was part of the gift that Q gave him in Deja Q, because he gave him laughter. Maybe oh, there's yeah, a little bit second. of lying in there. Maybe. That's a good idea. That's, that's I a never good considered idea. that. Yeah. It's, it's I, such I a great moment. I personally just think that, you know, Data is, you know, collect, you know, he's, he's gaining more and more human traits, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, this is one of what, this is part of what it is to be human, yeah. Learning how to do new things, you know, like and maybe he <laughs> like just, killing people, <laughs> like killing people or lying about it. And then, you know, like, you know, like, I mean, it goes, you know, it swings both ways. You know, he learns about, you know, having love for a daughter, whether or not he realizes it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, this is having the other side of villain. it. Yeah. yeah. He also this is learned... the first time the data hates someone. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't realize it because he's so fucking 
dumb sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. like But he hates him in the same way that he loved Law. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. He just doesn't I think that he did and he lied about it and I love that. Yeah. So I'm choosing <laughs> yeah. to believe it. That, that, it, it makes the, the most sense. Yeah. It makes the most sense that that's what, what happened. happened. Yeah. So Yeah. Really fucking And maybe cool. it's against his programming or whatever, but we already know like those nano bots in the beginning. Like they nanites. the nanites. Yeah. Um you know, it's and what is the happens. next? Yeah, what is the next generation if not the story of Data trying to be more human? Yeah, you know, and this is a big moment. Oh, I love Data. Yeah, oh, this reminds so me of much. something in uh, the episode about Lol that I wanted to say before. At the end of the episode, when everyone's like consoling him, they're like, "We feel so bad for you." The first time I saw it, my I'm like, "Oh my god, he's gonna say, don't worry about me. I don't feel anything,' mm-hmm. and it was gonna destroy the episode for me. Hmm. Like I had this moment of utter panic that that's what was gonna happen. But then he's like, "No, don't worry about me," and I was like, "No," he's like, "Because I've assimilated her thoughts into my own," and I was like, right. "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he exactly. couldn't he couldn't let her go. He couldn't let yeah. her go. He took, yes. her, took her into yeah. himself. Oh, oh so you know, good. In a less like technical way. You yeah. know, like like you see him throughout the series, like still like pull up the hologram of Tashi Yara that he's oh, yeah. exactly. Too. We were this intimate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking data. He's uh, the best. Yeah. He's Speed. still my favorite. I yeah. he's still oh. Yeah. All right, we're getting close, guys. Let's do Sarek. Oh, my God. This, this one a... might actually be my favorite episode of the season. Fuck yeah, it's, man. That's really it's good. so good. Was, oh, it's so talk. good. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you give us a little synopsis here? You want to do it for us, Ian? Uh, so this one, Sarek has been working for something like 90 years on this trade agreement. Or is it a trade agreement? Yeah. Some sort of negotiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sarek, for those of you who don't know, is Spock's, Spock's dad. dad. Yeah. Played by the guy that played Spock's dad in the original series. And cool. Um, yeah. And his. The wonderful Mark Leonard. Uh, his performance was so good in it because the Vulcans, as we all know, are supposed to, you know, they're repress their emotions. And we find out that he's got. It's sort of like a, an, a Vulcan equivalent of Alzheimer's, it seems, mm-hmm. where the their emotional control breaks down because mm-hmm. something in their brain is going wrong as they age. And it's apparently like super rare for Vulcans, but he's got it, which is tragic because this guy is like a, a an absolute Titan in, uh, on, in Vulcan culture. So it's starting to break down his emotional repression, which is what he absolutely needs to be able to complete these negotiations that he's been, uh, working on for 90 years, but it's, it's progressed so much that he's not able to do it combined with the, the stress of the, everything's finally mm-hmm. coming together. And in the end, the solution is Picard mind melds yeah. with Sarek. And in so doing, uh, Sarek is able to, to uh, regain composure. Yeah. To, to take just advantage of, yeah. of Picard's control. Cause he's also a very, you know, kind but of together person. person becomes a vessel for all of this emotion. Yeah. Right. But the, then, yeah, exactly. Like Picard then gets the, the opposite end of mm-hmm. that, where all of that unstableness he has to carry oh, and you get, acting. yeah, you get this just incredible scene where, where Beverly Crusher, mm-hmm. she's the one who he specifically requests to be there while he's, 
Because she's a doctor, obviously. Right. <laughs> right. Well, he's all, she's also like the only person that he trusts. No, I'm yeah. just noticing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, and his performance in that is so good. And yeah. it's just and and Mark Leonard, like when he, he just the little things, like when he cries at the concert. Yeah. Uh, that was really. Oh, hard I to loved watch. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hot damn! What yeah. a great episode. Yeah. And Vulcan emotions are incredibly violent. Yeah. I, like, that's the difference between them and the Romulans is the Romulans are incredibly violent people because they give into those emotions where the Vulcans have learned to suppress them over time. So the, the emotions are well more than a human being can withstand. And Picard has to deal with that for a couple of hours. And he has like a it's really like torture. Yeah. Torturous yeah. couple of hours. But in so doing, he he gains a piece of Sarek's soul. Yeah. And, and Sarek gains a piece of Picard's and this comes back later in the series and they have like this really intense bond after that. And it's, it's such a beautiful episode. And I mean, it's, it's a very, also very difficult episode you have like this great man who's losing control of his faculties. uh, And you have like the, the fallout of that, of how it affects his life, his career, his, his relationships. And that's something that, you know, it will very likely happen to all of us. And he's in denial the whole time. Like yeah. he refuses to admit it. Oh, yeah. That's going to be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, yeah. And, and like, I, I love that, that, that scene with Picard when he's in, you know, struggling with it all. And, uh, you get this insight into the mind of Sarek where he's like, he's never been able to express any sort of emotion, even towards the people that he loved the most. Like, yeah, uh, his current wife, Perrin, his former wife, Amanda, Spock's mom, and, and of course, Spock, that he wanted to tell them so many times how much he loved them, but he's a Vulcan. He couldn't. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, this is, again, like classic, classic Star Trek. Like, picking up a story from the original series and mm-hmm. continuing it. Uh, like the the relationship between Spock and his parents is something that's very much at the forefront of the original yeah. series and how a very rocky one. Yeah. Like how, how does a half Vulcan half human deal with his human emotions and, and getting to pick up that story so much later in the lives of these characters was fascinating. Uh, and, 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 and then it colors all of that. Yeah, totally. You go back and watch all of those oh, original series, Sarek episodes and the movies that he shows up in. And it like, you can't help, but watch it. In the light of this episode. Yeah. Knowing how much Sarek loves Spock and can't tell him. And it's really, this is, I think also a really good, uh, like barometer for how much the show has come into its own because when it first started, all the original series, people who are still obsessed with the original series, a lot of them really hated the next generation (laughs) at first, uh, in a much similar, like what, what would be a, a similar thing? I mean, well, when else has this happened? A lot of people seem to be, treating the uh, new series, the new Star Trek series, before it's even been released, people are already yeah. like, ah, oh, it's going to be stupid I guess, and terrible. <laughs> yeah, I guess the movies is a the really movies, good example. Like the yeah. JJ movies where there's a lot uh, of yeah. people out there who are like, this is not my Star Trek because it's That's new and like shiny. The, the, the main yeah. complaint that I hear about it. And yeah. me as someone who's a new Star Trek fan, like I like those movies a lot. Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I like the first one a lot. Yeah, me too. You know, um, but I mean, the second one was fine, but I don't remember any of it, which to me, it just tells me that mm. it was probably garbage. Yeah. But like, yeah. But, it's, you know. it's really interesting. Like the people were won over, I think, for, by Next Generation who stuck yeah. with it. Yeah. And, and this is the first moment uh, where they really kind of add on to a story from the original series. 
and they i mean in a way that does change how you perceive the story and i think to do that they would never have dared to do that in seasons 1 or 2 because they didn't really have the trust of the fans at that point and to try to do something like this they would have really lost it uh it, can you imagine like a new show coming on the air that you don't really like and it's like shiny and weird and then uh and then it like takes a holy story for you and like tacks something onto it that you're not going to like it you're going to think it's like you know uh, disingenuous in some way, but you win the trust of that audience. And then you do something like this and they go even further with the unification episodes yeah. and they absolutely have the trust of the audience and they, they do such a good job of it and they, they make like daring choices and they do bold things and they make you feel. And that's like, that's what I want. You know, that's what I want for television. So many of us can relate to one of the reasons that I like that episode is because it's really cathartic for me. I have a terrible relationship with my father, mm. you know, <laughs> like, so seeing something redeeming about him that I'm like, Oh, you know what? He probably had a really tough time and you're not allowed to really show your emotions as a Mexican immigrant. Like yeah. you're just supposed to work and like raise your kids and not have any feelings at all. Wow. So for me, it's just one of those things that I was just like, wow, dude, <laughs> yeah. my dad's kind of like a Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> Get it now. Like, you know, so I don't know. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful show. It was a beautiful episode. Yeah. And there's, and there's one thing, I don't know if I can spoil it though, but there was one really important thing that as a result of the unification episodes that you can make a logical tie through, hmm. but basically, well, here, I'll, we'll just remove a couple steps from it. Um, <laughs> I'm like staring him down right now. I'm like, don't you fucking lie. But it, it does mean that... Picard now shares a bit of his mind with Kirk because of Star Trek three. That's my brain exploding. <laughs> just your brain. I also just, I didn't know. That. I just, I'm sorry. I just came. Excuse me while I ejaculate. <laughs> I didn't know that the actor's name that played Sarek. So it's Mark, Mark Leonard. Leonard Nimoy. Right. Mark Leonard. Well, Mark no, Leonard. And but, Leonard, but, but, Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a before and like, after puzzle before on, yeah, on exactly. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he played uh, the first Romulan. That's right. Yeah. In Balance, Balance of, Terror. of Terror. One of the absolute best episodes of the original Absolutely. series. Absolutely. Hands down. Uh, he played the first Vulcan who we saw that wasn't Spock. And he played the first Klingon with forehead makeup in oh, the wow. motion picture. Oh, I, I didn't know that one. That was totally him on the Captain of the Klingon ship that cool. goes into Major. I yeah, love yeah. that movie. Yeah. That one, I didn't like as much when I was a kid, but the older I get, the more I love it. The first time I saw that, that was my introduction to the original series crew. And it's so it's very Next Generation-like because they used a lot yeah. of the stuff for the Next Generation like they, I mean, a lot of stuff from the motion picture to make the next generation. So yeah. I loved it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what the old Star Trek was like. Like, this is incredible. You know, uh, I fucking love that movie. Menage Troy. Very strange episode. I like that episode. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Troy um, and Waxana and Riker get kidnapped by Ferengi who take their clothes off. So skeezy. Yeah. So gross. But it was just so funny. Yeah. And this is I love where how she's. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. This is where we get the the meme of Picard's "What the fuck?" Yeah, 
My love for you. <laughs> oh my god. That's like my favorite part of the episode is yeah. Yeah. Like, shit. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's great. But also just Luxana just being like, oh, you're so strong. You're oh, yeah. so powerful. <laughs> oh, I love a man with help. strong hands. <laughs> I think this episode introduced us to Umox, didn't it? I think it did, yeah. Umox. You wanna you wanna you wanna make a Ferengi fall in love with you? Give him some Umox. <laughs> Just shows the density of the Ferengi. It's like if you guys didn't hate them already, like, oh here's here they come this just dumbfounded race that always is greedy, like just goofs up every time that they try to do anything. Yeah. They start to become a joke here and mm-hmm. they start to become a joke here. <laughs> but I, I feel like they, they were unintentionally a joke at first. But now the like the They're creators like are like, all right, okay. let's just make it a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good move. Totally. I like this episode a lot. Yeah. It's I mean, you know. Well, any any yeah. episode with Loxana is She's the best. tops in my book. Yeah. yeah. I think this might be my favorite Loxana episode. I really like the one where she falls in love with the guy who once he reaches forty six. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. one's my favorite. That's a, that's a good episode. It was, if I remember correctly, played by uh Charles Emerson Winchester the Third. Oh my from goodness! What no, it's, uh, it's it's David David Ogden Steers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from everything else. <laughs> no, no, he played he played. Oh, is that the guy? Mash, yeah. Oh, he played Winchester. Oh, I see. I've never seen Mesh. <laughs> oh, well, We're talking about the same Mash. person. Yes, yeah. that's the that's the guy. Uh, he was on Stargate Atlantis a couple times, and I was really excited about mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah, I mean this is not this season. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not like a super memorable episode besides that moment with Picard at the end. <laughs> I think she had a really cute dress on. Mm-hmm. That's very important. It looks like always has the best uh, fashion. I think. Yeah, yeah. Luxana and, and I mean, I just really love Troy's purple dress. Like, I yeah. want it. <laughs> the, the moment where like Troy and Riker are like down on the planet together. That's when they kiss. That's, that's what when I was they kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier. yeah. And that that's such a weird moment. Like they spent the whole season trying to fuck other people, and then they go on a date. <laughs> but that's yeah. the oh, yeah. thing about that's the thing about this whole society that they're in. They're like, yeah. you know what? Let's just have a pleasant time together. Let's go out. Like let's yeah. do this thing. Whatever. Like, yeah. We like each other. We enjoy each other's company. That's all I got from it. You know, like. It's a it really totally normal to me. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, and it's a really cool, interesting moment, and it does keep the flames alive for the yeah. Troy Riker romance. Triker, Triker, <laughs> Team Triker, hashtag. <laughs> I, I loved the um, the chess uh, maneuvering that Riker did when he's in the cell. He's like, oh yeah, how to yeah. get out of the cell? He's like, well, oh, you're gonna get, you're gonna lose in two moves that way. What are you doing, kid? Oh, and he's yeah. like, no, oh. that's right. Yeah, it's everyone gets to be charming in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Except for the Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love uh, when she's stroking his like uh, eye holes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all like, ugh. <laughs> but I can't look away. And she's like rubbing his giant ears. Yeah. <laughs> she's like stroking a part of his body that's not real. Like if you think about what's happening on set, they're like rubber ears and he's pretending to feel it. It's really yeah. interesting. Or it'd be like someone like massaging your headphones. Right <laughs> yeah. It feels very good. <laughs> Uh, next up, we're second to last episode. Someone called this earlier that this was the second to last episode. Yeah, that was, that was Transfigurations. Yeah. yeah, the one where the guy becomes a being of pure energy. I love this episode. It's a really <laughs> good episode. Uh, 
One thing I want to point out is that you've seen It's Always Sunny when he's wearing that green man suit, right? Yes, it's oh, the yeah. same fucking suit. It's the same suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the same suit and they just covered it in like uh, reflective yeah. paint and then put some like light on him. Yeah, and... they made it gold. But yeah. it's just funny because like with a high def, you know, like you see like the wrinkles of like the like oh, the yeah. fabric yeah. you know and like the way his voice sounds and i'm like you're wearing a green man yeah. suit yeah. <laughs> you can see his mouth moving from yeah. beneath yeah. it yeah. yeah this special effect did not hold up with uh-huh. hd and i do kind of a wish fantastic episode but yeah yeah super good there's part of me that wishes that they would have like really cgified it a little more like and usually i'm super against that yeah but when when hdifying it kind of demystifies the end of the episode <laughs> in a way maybe they should have like covered up some of those wrinkles with some some shiny light yeah right? but uh i love john doe such a cool character he's lost his memory they pick him up on a planet and he just makes everyone feel good when he's around them because he's got this wonderful like energy inside of him he's yeah. like the dalai lama i like yeah. to think it's just because he's like a cool dude totally like- <laughs> this episode subtitle how jordy got his groove back oh yeah <laughs> That's right. Because yeah. he finally has a successful date. Yeah. Because yeah, of his contact with this John Doe character. Yeah. Because he just brought it. He's like, I just got something from you. And he's like, no, I, I just brought out something you had in yourself all along. Totally. And then he loses it again. <laughs> he accidentally kills Worf and brings him back to life. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it happens. It happens. And <laughs> the whole subplot of his race, like being afraid oh, yeah. of these people who are turning into this next evolutionary phase. Yeah, it's oh, great. That's exactly what I thought today. <laughs> Reminds me of X Men for sure. Yeah. I don't understand this, therefore it frightens me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think about this episode all the time. Like, uh, like I'm writing this new lo- song, Lightspeed, and I wrote the song Traveler. Obviously, Traveler was about the Traveler, right. <laughs> but uh, also in the back of my mind, I was thinking about this character who like turns into pure energy and like flies through the cosmos. Like that's what I was thinking about when I write these kinds of songs. Where like this, right? This is very much the aesthetic of you know my imagination because I grew up on this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking it's lovely. Love it. It's a lovely episode, and I love him and Beverly. Yeah. Crusher in this. And I like how he's like, I know what you're after, but like until I get to the end of this journey, I can't really think about anything, you know, else. And I'm like, I've heard that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not you. It's me. It's like every 30 year old in Seattle. (laughs) Like, okay, I get it. Yeah. You're on a journey to become a higher Mm. being and I can't be a part of it all right but we can still totally fool around fine i guess have fun in your space monastery (laughs) so i'm like so oblivious that i just like turned the page to the last episode and had forgotten that it was the best of both worlds part one holy shit guys we get to talk about that yeah oh my god lacutus lacutus i i was 10 when this came out yeah and I'd been watching the show since the beginning. And two things haunted me throughout that summer. Yeah. One was just the Borg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're terrifying. scary, scary concept. Uh, and B was the anger and frustration that I felt for having to wait three months to find out what happened oh, next. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. 
you read so many stories about the cliffhanger on this episode, how much it affected people. Like I've, again, like I bring up Damon Lindelof a lot. I, I've, I'm pretty sure I read something where he talked about like this cliffhanger was like really influential to him. How could it not be? Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those like seminal television moments. I mean, like who shot Jr. Right. I don't know what that means, but I've heard that. You know, like uh, <laughs> who shot Mr. Burns? Yeah, right. totally. Yeah, there you go. Uh, same, same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was the same guy. It was, <laughs> it was the Borg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I want to see a Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns gets assimilated. Uh, there's so much about this that has to fall into place for it to work as well as it does. You know, where you have the callback to to this. Excellent episode from season two yep. where Q introduces them to the Borg. Uh, call back to the last episode of season one where they talk about how yeah. those bases by the neutral zone had been scooped off of the planet. Right. Um, Turns out it was the Borg. It was the Borg. Yeah, the Borg have been kind of like checking us out for a while, checking out the solar system. And then probably our, our encounter with them when Q sent us across the galaxy is probably what sent them this way for a full yeah, scale like invasion. Beelining, bee yeah. Yeah. Like they're now. So this is all here. Q's fault. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. I mean, it would have happened eventually anyway. And they do say that. He says that in that episode, too. Yeah. Now like, we know that's out there. We can start preparing. And they've been working really hard since then to get ready. Uh, apparently not hard enough to only get like 43 ships yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Where's your one ship? 43 ships. They're trying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we get Commander Shelby, who uh, Brian Brian Dennehy's daughter, daughter. Oh, Brian Dennehy's daughter. I never made that connection before. Yeah, what's her name? Something Dennehy. Elizabeth Dennehy. Elizabeth Dennehy, who is fantastic. I love her. Yeah, I, we, you and I were talking about her at your birthday party the other yeah. night. Uh, just talking about how she's just such a great character, and we kind of wish that she'd been in more episodes. Right. Um, yeah, and like her. I mean, I, that was the thing. Like, if Picard hadn't come back, which. You know, that summer, it was, that was no guarantee, right? Right. Like, uh, had she not, or had he not come back, I would have been totally fine with Captain Riker and First Officer uh, Shelby. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have been would totally have been, fine, but I would well, have continued yeah, but, on. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would have been totally fine in the sense of like the Babylon 5, like when, you know. Don't Captain spoil it. I don't know. It. Okay. Right. You would have pulled command in this episode too. Again, yeah. Riker's yeah. offer command again, and <laughs> really kind of sh like beating this into the dirt that Riker can't accept command, and it's a really interesting thing that kind of becomes a character flaw at a certain point. You know, he's got to have a well, flaw. Well, it's because yeah, it's because he wants the Enterprise. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Like he doesn't want any other ship. He yeah. He wants that. He would have taken it if. Picard were out to of retire. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And they stop asking him after this. Like he he saves, you know, like he saves the day in part two and they stop asking if he wants another command. They're like, you know what? We're going to leave you on the Enterprise. And part of it, I wonder if like because they need for the flagship of the Federation, they need someone as good as Riker to be second officer. Like you can't just use him as a captain somewhere else. He's almost more important as a second officer because they get into situations that are kind of unlike what other ships in the fleet are getting into. You know, they're dealing Absolutely. with it's like a, the most intense the shit. It's about the strength of the team, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. You need everyone there that's doing the roles that they're doing. Plus you know? like how great is it that yes, he's offered command of, I think it was the Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then the Melbourne is at Wolf 359. Oh, shit. Had he been there, no more Riker. Deadzo. Yeah. yeah. Exploded. Mm. Yeah. How cool does Picard look as a boy? Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> he looks so 
dope. <laughs> <laughs> so dope. Yeah. I really love that. <laughs> and when, just when he says, like, I am locutus yeah. of Borg. Like, it just sends chills, Ooh, chills. down your spine. Yeah. <laughs> One of my absolute favorite moments ever from any TV show is the slow pan around Riker at the very last mm. moment of the episode oh. where he's like, fire. fire. Mr. Worf. continued. Fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cut to black. Scream at the television. Yeah. Like, no. yeah. Oh, wait. I'm watching it for the first time on Netflix. I could just watch it next Yeah. Time. Uh, yeah. Cool. You lucky <laughs> Thank God. That was a close call. Yeah. I, I'm but pretty there sure. there was like a split second of anguish there for like. Yeah. You know. I think I've told this story before, but when they played it in the theaters and they yeah. cut it together, that moment was gone. Like yeah, they totally. just cut to the next shot and I was pissed. I was like, you got to stop. You got to stop right Have there. It's like right. cut into black right there is the best part. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my God, what a great episode. Though, though there's one thing in this episode that takes me out of it every time it's something that takes me out of a lot of episodes it's when they're talking to someone on the view screen and they cut to different shots of that person on the view screen like there's a shot of Picard and then they cut in really close on his face on oh, the view screen like, and like why did they do that like is there someone is there controlling someone directing the, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like uh, like Google technology for like hangouts where <laughs> imagine if it like cut to different shots of your mom when you're talking to her on Google mm -hmm. hangouts it would be really distracting like, why would someday, it do that? There's no reason to do that. It's going to be like that. And whenever you see the reverse <laughs> shot of the Enterprise, it's usually just like one static shot. They almost never do it, though. I think there was one time where they cut to like a different shot when you saw the reverse of the Enterprise. And I'm like, OK, fine. At least they do it that way, too. But anyway, like when, when Picard comes in at the end and they kind of cut to these dramatic shots of him, I'm like, that's too much. Like, <laughs> you know, keep it a static shot of him on the view screen. That's my only gripe with this episode. And I'm done. Audrey's just staring at, staring at me with dis disgust. <laughs> I'm not staring at you with disgust. Although there's a really I'm subtle thing. I'm listening attentively. <laughs> Although there's a really subtle thing they do with the hol um uh, not the holodeck, um, the uh, view screen in the show, which they never mention, but they, they do mention in the technical manual, which was based off of the writer's guide, which is that the view screen is not, it's not like just a TV, oh, right? Yeah, like it's holographic. This. Yeah. And so when they, when the camera say is looking at the view screen from an angle, like, you know, off by the turbo lift or whatever, um, like you see then this I, side. Of I the noticed person. that the perspective on changes. Menage yeah. Troy. I was yeah. like, why does it look so weird? And I was like, oh, it's holograms. It's not just like a flat screen. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so yeah. fucking cool. Because right. the, the planning yeah. that it takes to shoot that. Mm -hmm. and Because you have to change the angle. It. Yeah, and you have to change the angle the same way in both <laughs> yeah. shots to get it to work. Right. It's really cool. I, I'm really into that. Yeah. Um, man, this episode has like a pace unlike anything that's ever been on the show. And stakes unlike anything that's ever been on the oh, show. Yeah. I, uh, this like... And also blew the show into the stratosphere as far as like popularity. Mm -hmm. Like if the internet had existed, it would have, this episode would have broken, broken the internet. Yeah, yeah. it would have broken the internet. Like the, people were like writing letters to Paramount, like what happens next? Like, you know, you, you, you lose Picard and all like, you know, freak out. And like yeah. people were just going crazy. It was and like, there was like all kinds of secrecy in, in like the scripts for part two. Yeah. They would, they would do things like, uh, you know, the shield frequency or whatever on page one you know, like 13 or something would be a different number depending on whose script it was mm. so mm. that if it leaked, 
they would know who leaked right. it. Oh, yeah. oh wow, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's yeah, cool. They did that with the first Indiana with Raiders too. Like, they, oh really? They um, Tom Selleck was first picked to be Indiana Jones, oh, and they numbered it. They had like weird things like that. So like, if you leaked a script, they knew who to go back to and blame. Huh. Huh. Just as a side note, I could really see Tom Selleck. <laughs> totally. There's a screen test of him on YouTube. I'm oh my God, finding I'm, that yeah. shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could see him doing that. Yeah. So we've reached the end of our season three journey. Let's, but let's talk for a minute about season three as a whole, because going through and talking about it this way has made me realize that there's only one episode in this whole season that I don't think is very good. Mm. And that's insane. Like 25 <laughs> episodes of incredible, of incredible television yeah. ranging from like good episodes to like, uh, I'll use this word again, exquisite. <laughs> uh, I, I've been rewatching this year. Uh, I'm on season five right now. And I still think that, uh, season three has been the best so far. Like as far as like excellent TV to to like mediocre TV ratio, this one's like the highest. Yeah, one out of twenty six. Yeah, being bad. You know, like that's that's solid. Yeah, there's like, other episodes that are like okay. Yeah, like the one where Data goes to the planet to try to convince them to leave. It's an okay yeah. episode. It's not great, but it's it's good. It's not like a bad episode. It's not like you know. Like Beverly didn't fuck a ghost in the episode, so <laughs> it always comes back to that. Really <laughs> uh, bad, but um, it's incredible. I mean, like the show takes a huge turn from season two and it hits its stride incredibly quickly and just sticks the landing. Well, I feel like like season two was actually when the show found its footing. I think so but too. Then, huh. Yeah, but then season three was okay. Now we've got our footing. Let's walk. Let's somewhere. make some good mm, TV. That's yeah, cool. I like sure. that. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think which one did I not really like in season three. What was the one that I pointed out that I didn't like? I don't remember now. It's just that forgettable. It was like an hour ago, so naturally <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, it was the double face palm. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the holographic <laughs> trial that, episode. The thing that oh, we yeah. remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess our discussion will also be a cliffhanger. And next time we pick up uh, TNG, we'll, we'll start with Borg. We'll all be Borg. Yep. <laughs> we'll start with uh, Best of Both Worlds Part Two. You got to listen. Cause are, so are we all doing it? Are we all in? Can, are we? I'd love to. Yeah. yeah that'd, that'd be, be cool. Yeah. I, I liked I liked this little group discussion. Yeah. This was super fun. Yeah. Like when I started podcasting, this exact experience that we just had is kind of what I had in mind, you know, which I mean, it, it, like, I've had so many different types that have been super amazing or like deep or whatever. But this sort of like, sitting around talking about the next generation is what I had in mind. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like what I wanted to do. Uh, like since since you were a kid. Since. I was a wee lass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this, this was, this was awesome. This is a good group for sure. Any parting thoughts? Plug your Twitter handles. Let's all follow each other on Twitter. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Do, do it. At me, at so, uh, do it. Do I'm, it, Adam. I'm kidding. I know your name's Ian. <laughs> Thank you. I am at Ian128K as in Kilo uh, on Twitter. And that's basically where you can find me. A lot of times I just post random stuff, although I've also been working on a Star Trek parody comic, so you'll see some occasional artwork. And, uh, yeah. And you just joined the Merchant Marines. I and you're going to join... sea for three months. Yeah. So oh, pretend wow. pretend that someone out there, I'm not saying who, uh, has no idea what the Merchant Marines are and explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's the United States cargo fleet, essentially. Huh. Um, so I'll be on a cargo ship. Holland cargo around the Pacific Rim. 
Oh, crazy. That and, makes so uh, much sense. Yeah. So and, you're the Marines that sell things or move products. <laughs> right. Crazy. Uh, and so like uh, on my off hours, that's where I plan to spend most of my time on the comic. Awesome. And what made you decide to do this? It's a pretty extreme choice. Yeah, that's cr crazy um, town. Banana pants. <laughs> <laughs> I love that saying. Um, that's very good. Uh, well, I, I was in Sea Scouts when I was a teenager. And um, one of my friends from our boat in Sea Scouts, which was the SES propeller down on Lake Union, um, he is a merchant marine. He's been in the, the union there for um, like 10, 10-ish years. And um, he just kind of sold me on it. Um, I mean, I've always loved being out in the water. I love getting my, you know, hands dirty. And uh, I mean, it's going to be an adventure. Like, yeah. get, get to see the world and... You know. what, what do your duties entail? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, on that's well, like what's, I don't, I still don't understand what's going on. Well, to start off with, I'll, I'll basically just be like a generic deck hand. Um, are, are you a, a swabby? Are you swabbing the poop deck? <laughs> yeah. Also, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> not what you think it means. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cleaning involved. There's a lot of, um, you know, checking the cargo, making sure that it's like, you know, um, secured if it's um if it's like a refrigerated cargo making sure the refrigeration's working if it's not you got to report it that sort of stuff um but my goal is to be like a an electrical engineer by this time next year awesome nice that's very cool yeah that's like yeah man not like that's just what, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're gone for three months four cool. months yeah. four months when yeah. do you leave uh, as soon as possible. I'm just Damn. waiting for my MMC to come back from the Coast Guard and then... Uh, wow. So we I'll can't just, do the uh, next podcast for like four months. Yeah. We might we might have to do one without you, but we'll yeah. get you back for season five. That's fine. Um, <laughs> my goal is to not wait four months this time, but right. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> if, I mean, if we if I don't pull myself together to get this happening again before five, then. Five. That's a good season. <laughs> um, I do love this crowd, though. And I, you, you're, of course, going to come back. Um, yeah. After our first episode together, I was like, that guy's coming back on the show. <laughs> I got such good feedback for our first episode because yeah. it was just like a Star Trek nerdgasm oh, yeah. where uh, we were just like, you know that? Yeah, I do. I love it. You know that? <laughs> yes, I do. I love it. <laughs> um, Audrey, what have you been up to? You got some new shit going on. Yeah, I've got some music coming out really soon. Uh, nice. The world famous Jesse Mercury is going to be mastering my first single. Yeah. Really, really soon. Yeah. Um, we're sending you stems in like the next couple of days. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm just doing that. Uh, I've got a couple shows coming up and uh, you'll hear all about them very soon. If you go online and find my website, jeffsmusicandshows.com, or you could find me online, like or on Facebook rather, uh, the very best of Jeff. Or you could find me on Twitter, Jeff. Underscore the best of. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you, you still, you keep in Bonnie Quest, but it's not your current project. No, You're doing... it's not. I'm, I'm just Bonnie Quest when I do karaoke at yeah. this point, or when I MC stuff. Yeah. that's you, who I'm gonna be. But uh, your project evolved, and your new stage name is my Jeff. My new stage name is Jeff. My friend Jesse is vehemently against it. He hates it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring that up, uh, but... <laughs> but he's the only one. Apparently, everyone yeah. else loves it, unless they're lying to me, which you know that's why I keep everyone around. So whatever. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. do, I do believe in you. And I'm sure if 
if it feels right to you, then it's the right thing to do. Well, thank you for that. I really yeah. needed it. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yikes. I'm being an I was being nice. <laughs> You're just being an asshole. Maybe I don't we believe are, in you. Jesus Christ. We've argued about this a lot. We have. Uh, it's hard for me to let it go. But no. Uh, um, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. No, no. But I'm kidding. I, I love you. You're a good I love guy. you too. <laughs> I'm okay. But yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah. Find me online, you guys. It's, uh, it's good music. It's pop rock. Yeah. Everyone loves that. Right? Pop rocks, my yeah, favorite candy. Exactly. <laughs> and then Kayla, Skillshot, um, yeah, plug I, it, plug that shit. I write for Skillshot Zine. Um, been do, working with them for f- almost five years in April. Yeah. Um, we do a bi-monthly publication about the all the pinball machines that you can go play in Seattle. And we have news and gossip and feature articles. And we have a podcast called the Skillshot Pincast, which has 21 episodes now, probably more since by the time that you listen to this. <laughs> I host it with my friend Graham. Um, I also write for Razor Cake Magazine based out of L.A. where I interview bands, review albums, and review live shows. And I do a similar thing for New Noise Magazine out of Berkeley. Um, I work a warehouse job in the, my Clark, Clark Kent days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just try to stay active. Uh, yeah, I do the podcast. I run a women's league in, at Attaball once a month called Babes in Finland. Such a awesome. great name. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kudos. And Can then where, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, at unnecessary, but I spelled unnecessary wrong. So good luck with that guys. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, you can f- look at Skillshot Pincast on Facebook or Babes and Pinland on Facebook. Or if you want to friend me and I don't know, you just send me a message first. Kayla <laughs> Greet. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. I don't want to stop talking, but we've been talking for like three and a half hours. Sleep, yeah. So I feel like we should stop. And I really have to pee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's always. Take a mic in there with you. <laughs> it's yeah, always. Uh, mics for the next podcast. <laughs> hot mic. Um, it's always a good sign when you're three and a half hours in and you don't want to stop. Uh, so thank you guys so much for coming. And Kayla, you and I have talked for like, we, we've done what, like over six hours of podcasting the last oh, two days. Oh my goodness, yeah. We did the Indiana Jones thing last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And guys, it's so good. It's so good. I can't wait to put that on Sunday with Graham. Oh my goodness. It's like a podcasting machine. Glorious week of podcasting. We're going to do a podcast uh, when, when Ian gets back Yeah. Yeah. about community. No. Oh, you guys are. Oh, (laughs) I decided that just now. Just, (laughs) I'm in. Okay, good. I I love that. (laughs) Because I just announced it. (laughs) I thought you were talking about that. The the other thing you were talking about, the Dr. Who thing with that other guy. Yeah, I'd love to do that. But uh, he has actually been, uh, if I could plug his project real quick, uh, because I think that the audience here would really love it he's working with um a company called hyper rpg right now that's an offshoot of not really an offshoot but it's a bunch of people from geek and sundry got together and made their own production company so they're doing their own twitch videos involved tabletop gaming video games role-playing games all of that stuff um it's really fun so check it out it's uh at hyper rpg on twitter and they're on twitch as hyper rpg they're amazing uh and yeah we're gonna try to get together a doctor who podcast to have you on here so that i can put you under a microscope yeah. your first time watching doctor who i'm into it i'm really really excited about it so yeah me too uh, let's make that happen really soon for sure yeah <laughs> uh well my heart is very full at this moment. This Aww. was so much fun, yeah. guys. Yeah. This yeah. was wonderful. Uh, I, I love I love that podcasting has become like an excuse to invite my friends over and chat. <laughs> it's so great. 
Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's going to wrap it up. All Let's right. do it. Wow, wow, wow. This is oh. where, like, the... Bum, 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 Thanks again to the amazing panel. So much fun. Audrey was talking about her new single, which of course we heard last week since it was ready to go. Uh, definitely go check that out again. It's such a cool song and it'll be out soon. And if you want to see Jeff perform live, come to the Rendezvous on April 11th at 8 p.m. She'll be performing with Micah Ellison and Seven Stars Panda. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.